Hey, Scott. Yes, Adam? I'm Barack Obama, and I endorse this podcast. Coming to you almost live from an abandoned oil rig off the coast of Nova Scotia. This is The Unknown Studio. I'm Scott. I'm Adam. We are your bittersweet hosts. Yeah, this is a weird one for us because it's the last one. It is the last one. You know, we decided in August that we were going to uh, make this our last year. A shortened season ending at the end of 2015 and here we are. And we've come full circle actually. We have. We decided to bookend the show by inviting... Our first guest uh, to be our last guest. Brittany LeBlanc. Hi, Brittany. Hi, guys. Welcome to the show. Thank you. Thanks for having me back. It's it's exciting and sad to be here. It is super bittersweet. I am honored to be your first and last guest, though. Do Do you guys remember what we talked about seven years ago? Social media? We we talked about social media. I said the word value probably more times than any other human should say it. And there's the value theory with a little ding every time I mention it. I remember that. I I listened to the intro of the show. It was called um, called Social Media and Truthiness. It was published on June 22nd, 2009. Wow. Wow. That's a long time ago. Yeah, we recorded that at 630 Chad Studios, where you were both working at the time. Yeah. Yep. And Scott still works there. Yep. And Brittany has moved on several times. <laughs> yeah, it actually, um, I was thinking about that today. I was like, when we first recorded, we both were working together. We were mm-hmm. both at Chad. And ever since we recorded it, I've changed roles, I guess, three times now. Well, give us a little bit, little, little bit of your history, because you were, and probably still are, a bit of a journalism nerd. So... What has what's happened in the last six years or five and a half years? So I'm I'm absolutely a journalism nerd and just a nerd in general. Um, but yeah, no, I ended up leaving Six Three Chad Nine News Eight Eighty, and then moved over to the Edmonton Journal and without any newspaper experience. So it was really <laughs> lucky that they would let me do that. But they were doing this thing, um, basically sort of a um, media startup experiment, and so they allowed me and Karen Unland to work together, which was one of my goals, uh, because I adore Karen. And you, sorry, before this happened, you were like, one day I will work with Karen Edlund. So when I was still working at Chad and I News, Karen and I had met each other over Twitter. We used to talk a bunch. And then we ended up having coffee when she was still at the journal. And we were talking about how one day we were going to work together. And whether that meant she was going to bring me to the journal to work with her or we were going to move somewhere else or what happened, one day we were going to, ha- we were going to work together because we both liked each other. We both had a lot of the same ideals. There was a lot of things we wanted to do. And then she actually left the journal. And when she left the journal, I remember thinking, oh, now we can't work together. (laughs) She's not going to hire me anymore. And when she originally got hired for this experiment, um, she was talking to them. They're like, who do you think? And she's like, well, we could talk to some people, but what about Brittany? And so that's how I got brought on to do just interviewing. I did the worst interview ever for this role, by the way. I met with two guys. Like and, your job interview was terrible? Yeah, oh my gosh. I distinctly remember because I was so sick and I had taken so much cough medicine and cold medicine in order to make myself feel um, less ill. And my 
head was all foggy and mush and my nose was clogged. I probably looked absolutely gross. And I met these um, two guys who were starting it along with Barb Wilkinson, who was with the journal. And I remember just being a little bit scattered, a little bit sarcastic and probably saying things I probably shouldn't have. And yet they still ended up going with me, which was really nice. Well, I mean, you being honest at a job interview, I don't think is ever a bad thing. So even if you were sarcastic and I mean, the runny nose probably wasn't very pleasant, but... No, so luckily it wasn't too, too gross, but um, I definitely have a tendency to be a little bit blunt and outspoken at certain um, things in life, like <laughs> everything. And I normally try to tone that back a little bit more in the interview and a little bit more at the first little while in my job. I'm really bad at it, though, and I usually end up saying what I think and um, making suggestions and asking questions. And so it actually turned out pretty well, got offered the job, ended up going there, uh, worked there for a while and helped launch this thing called Capital Ideas here in Edmonton, which is all about entrepreneurs helping entrepreneurs. And they do monthly panels, which is now headed up by Jeff Samsono, who previously worked with me at Ched. So it's a whole... I forgot that Jeff worked at Ched. Yeah, it was a whole like circle. Everything just kept coming full circle. Um, and so Karen had hired me a month before she started, or no, she started a month before I started at the journal. She didn't hire me. Um, and so anyway, after working with her for a while, the two guys in Toronto who had started this thing called Gastropost asked me to take over Gastropost. So I took over Gastropost here in Alberta and I was a guest on the Unknown Studio to talk about that. It was lovely. Correct. I remember that. Um, and then a few months ago, Karen departed uh, the Post Media Labs project, our um, experiment um, thing that we were doing. And a month after she left, I also left. And so it was very, it was talking about book ending. It was really interesting. She started a month before I started uh, and she left a month before I left. And it was, there were two, it was very coincidental. Like it just, it was the time in our lives for both of us to leave. And it wasn't because Karen was leaving, I was leaving. Yeah, that's but what I was, was going to ask. Yeah, it was, uh, it was just really funny. And I mentioned to her and she was like, maybe don't mention that. And I'm <laughs> mentioning it right now. Sorry. Yeah, sorry. Th this is your actual exit interview. and uh, Mentioning uh, it live, might I add. Yeah. Yeah. We are not just recording this for release whenever you're probably listening to it in your iTunes feed. Yeah. But also uh, currently broadcasting live. Is anybody even listening to us? We have two listeners uh, tuned in right now. I can't tell where they are or who they are. But there is a chat function. They're welcome to say hello. Hello, listeners. Hello, listeners. It's so nice to have you. So what you went from... Ga so, sorry. Yeah. When you left Post Media Labs, when you left GastroPost, you had something else lined up, right? Oh, definitely. Um, I'm definitely... It was one of those things that you learn when you're younger is like never leave a job until you have another job. Uh, and sometimes two jobs waiting for you. And so did you have two so, jobs waiting No, this time I just had one. But I've done that before. And this time I actually joined the Alberta Motor Association, AMA. And it was re really funny because anytime I tell a friend I joined AMA, they pick, oh, the Alberta Medical Association? And I'm like, no. They're like, the Alberta Museum Association? And I'm like, no, I love museums. But no, I joined the Alberta Motor Association. And they're like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, I want to be the social um, marketing strategist for travel. That's awesome. And so many people are like, they do travel? So, yes, we do. So you have a big job. I'm aware of that because my cousin uh, used to work for Amy Yeah, Travel. which was uh, everything's connected. Yes. So you're doing the online social media marketing for travel with the Alberta Motor Association. Yes. So they have a long history of doing things like um, triptychs, which help you uh, determine where you're going to go on your road trip. 
before the age of like Google Maps. Right. Although they will still do that. And I actually have two friends who just came a few weeks ago and had them come and print one out for them. So, because they're going on a road trip and they just thought it would be easier. There's going to be some places that they're going to be without Wi Fi signals. Okay, fair enough. Uh, I thought it was actually really interesting. But yeah, no, so I am in charge of that. You may have noticed the AMA travel account has a few more gifts uh, lately. That would be cool high. I'm looking right now. I need to see this. Oh, excellent. Um, but yeah, no, it's, it's really great. I've only been there just about actually almost three months. So my three months is in January, fingers crossed that they, oh, that's when they get you off probation. Yeah. Is that the idea? Yeah. That's uh, fingers crossed for me. <laughs> um, but no, it's, it's actually been a great experience. I work with an amazing group of people mm-hmm. and I think there's some amazing things happening in 2016, 2017. So does this mean that your job involves at least some of the time traveling around the province? Sadly, I don't think so. Okay. Although I have been trying. Um, we had a few meetings recently with some people who um, are more of our suppliers. So they have airlines or travel companies or things. And um, we kept talking about it. And I was like, you know, we can talk about this all we want. But if you sent me, I would have these <laughs> photos and I would know more about it. Uh, sadly, I don't think that worked. I'm very curious about uh, tourism because, you know, I, I see... A few different groups, certainly in Edmonton, trying to figure this out as it relates to social media. You've got like the Yegg Weekend guys who were bringing in uh, Instagrammers from across the planet who had very large followings and treating them to an experience at Edmonton. You've got the Oilers Nation guys working with Edmonton Tourism to bring in hockey bloggers from other markets and, and show them a good time. Um, are you Have you done any of that sort of thing where you deal with social media people from out of the market when they come to Alberta? So I'm still quite new for my role in AMA, but um, just before I started AMA, actually, I had booked off some time with my old job um, just because the Edmonton Tourism Group actually asked me to come and do a tourism fam with them. So it's a familiarization trip uh, for Edmonton and for Jasper. And so it actually worked out super well that I left one job, did this tourism thing that was all about tourism and travel, a little bit about food, and then moved on to my travel job. So cool. I kind of got to see what a fam was like, what that experience is. It was intense. It was amazing. And yeah, we had people there from uh, England, from Amsterdam, from Calgary, um, just all over. And some Edmontonians as well. Were you were you looking after Mike Morrison when he was here? I was not. So okay. I've, I have helped out a few times. Um They've brought over, they brought some Instagrammers that are pretty big from Vancouver. And so they, along the way, met with a few different people. And I had brunch with them at Canteen and we had a great time. And we just talked about food photos and where else they should go and just nerded it up. So that's awesome. Great. So you get paid to do this sort of thing now? Sometimes, yeah. Sometimes you get paid. That um, going to- <laughs> <laughs> every other week, hopefully. Uh, well, for. My day job, yes, for when I go and help tourism or um, do some travel. Usually, no. Uh, but they look after you, right? Like, they, yeah, you're not paying like, for everything. No, sometimes they'll buy lunch, things like that. The, the fam was, of course, all paid for by um, a whole bunch of joint people who were supporting this fam. Um, but if I'm doing something like taking people on the Brittany LeBlanc tour of Edmonton, <laughs> that's all in my own pocket and super fun. And I do it because I love it. Okay, so wait. Now, how can one hypothetically sign up for this Brittany LeBlanc tour? Yes. Well, 
if you'd like to buy me lunch. No, um, mm-hmm. I mean, hey. Mm-hmm. Uh, but no, um, usually I just have people ask me either on Twitter or there's somebody I know in real life or they have friends coming in from out of town. So I've toured people from Taiwan. I took um, the people from England and from Amsterdam and uh, a per- no, just those two actually um, on the trip after our fam ended. Um, I've taken people from Calgary. I've taken people from Greece. We just basically like if somebody has a friend over or a family member visiting and they're like, oh, I kind of want to show them all these things or I've taken them on the tour before, they're like, would you mind also taking my friend on the tour? And then we'll go into it. And sometimes I take Edmontonians who maybe have never been to End of the World or uh, gone to the Clappens Week or whatever. Okay, so so this was a big hit uh, for for Rachel's mom and her, her husband came to Edmonton this past summer. So we walked, and we live pretty close to the legislature, so we walked the 10 blocks or whatever to get there, checked out the new um, fountain, Outside the federal building, which uh, I, you know, I have to agree with Mac Mail. He wrote a blog post about it. You should check it out at mastermac.ca. It shouldn't be winning awards, but it's nice. It's nice. It's beautiful fountains in the summer, but I was just there a few weeks ago. And it's a dead zone in the winter. It's just a dead zone. Anyway, but the fountain's lovely. Colors, water, the ledge in the background. We walked all around there. And then, of course, uh, because because you had shown Rachel and I the squeak and clap or whatever it's called, uh, we went down there and uh, and checked it out, and it was awesome. It was a lot of fun. Yeah. And they were, like, so impressed. Oh, okay, so this was crazy. They were so impressed, of course, with the capital of the province. And, and then we were walking uh, towards back towards the plaza on uh, 108th Street and 100, 100th Ave or 99th Ave or something like that. 99th Ave. And um, my buddy Chris Henderson had shown up to, to hang out to see us and all that. And I guess... Sarah Chan, who is the mayor's wife, was having a party at the Common, and Don, the mayor, was there, but wanted a little bit of an escape, so he met up with Chris. So the mayor of Edmonton shows up as we're just ending this tour with Rachel's parents, and we got to introduce them to them. They were, like, completely fucking blown away. They just couldn't believe that they had this experience. And uh, I had to tell them that it doesn't actually happen with everybody. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so... Unfortunately, not every tour of Edmonton ends with you getting an opportunity to meet the mayor. That would be amazing, though. That I, would be. Yeah. I would definitely move that into the Brittany LeBlanc tour of Edmonton. Yeah. If mayor Don Iveson is willing to be a stop on our tour. I th- you, you might, you know, it's just an attraction. He's, yeah. <laughs> he's kind of like the water park, but in mayor form. Yeah. Which, by the way, I'm told now. Uh, so. Again, Chris Henderson had some friends come in. Uh, actually, a woman that I interviewed on the expats who lives in Cape Town, South Africa now, came for back for Christmas. So I went over there the other day, and they were talking about uh, how awesome their experience at the water park was. Like, this place is apparently not the shithole that I thought it was. You can... You know the water slides are different now. Uh, it's still it's still very expensive to get in there. You can drink everywhere. Uh, if you can't afford an all inclusive vacation, and you want a beach somewhere in the middle of the tundra, <laughs> I recommend the water the water park. But if you can, can I suggest AMA Travel? Okay, so let's let's talk about this because I, I think I know what AMA Travel is about, but I I'm pretty sure I don't. So what are we talking about here? What does the AMA offer in terms of travel? So here's what I really like about it, and one of the reasons I came over and joined. Um, I strongly feel, and this is kind of social media tangential, is I strongly feel that our generation, because we are more connected on social media and we do a lot of social networking, um, and even if you don't, just there's a group of us that are very local, 
And so we focus a lot on local things. We want to know who makes our bread. We want to know whose coffee shop we're supporting. We want to know that store that we're supporting is good and they're not going to be buying really cheap things and not supporting um, other artisans and they're not stealing logos and things from people who are making it locally. Um, and so we want we want to support local. We want to know those things. And that's kind of our grandparents' generation, what they wanted to do as well. Like They want to know those people. So one of the things I think is really amazing about AMA Travel um, is that we have over 200 travel counselors and we can help you by speaking to a person face-to-face who can get to know you, get to know your traveling style, get to know a little bit about you and help you find the vacation that's best for you. So if you want to talk, do a cruise, you want to go on a cruise, you've never been on one. I've never been on a cruise. I couldn't really help you, but we have people who are so, so, so passionate about it. We have one woman I work with, Shelly, she's been on 97 cruises and counting. Like she's, um, how that, how? Yeah, well, uh, partly because she loves it so much and partly because she sometimes um, brings groups along. So uh, there's actually some trips where you can go with somebody. We have uh, one of the ladies in my office is going to go to South Africa, actually, uh, in a few, like in a week, I think. And they'll be touring around South Africa and seeing everything and taking photos and um, just vacationing together, but not as together as it would be if you took a bus tour or something. Interesting. But yeah, there's so many things I didn't know about cruising. So if I'm my first time or I went, I didn't have a great experience or I want to try river cruising rather than ocean travel, um, talking to somebody who has all this experience and actually genuinely cares that I have a good time and enjoy it, that's that's amazing. That, that's a really, really good opportunity. So you can buy online. We do have, obviously, that you can buy online. But if you want more, if you want to know how to make the best of a mountain getaway because you've never been to Jasper before, we have people that can help you with that. Hmm. Or if you've never been to Disneyland, so Disney's a huge one, right? Because I've never been to Disney. But if you want to go there, you need to make that trip work for you. Like You need to know where to eat. You need to know what lines to avoid. You need to know what to do in certain ways. Should I uh, stay at a hotel there? Should I stay at one of the like, neighborhood hotels? Should I do like this, that, the other thing? And there are people who are so like specialized at it that they can help you. So you've been to Disneyland. And Disney World. And you've been on a cruise. I have also done that. Did you avail yourself of services like the ones that Brittany is describing? Uh, for some of my trips, yes. For some of my trips, no. And, uh, well, what was your experience when you did? Uh, the uh, <laughs> To put you on the spot. The no-sponsored uh, plug is... Uh, yes, we are not sponsored by anyone. No. Yeah. Uh, is uh, No, the AMA was, was good to work oh, with. Yeah. You success. I wasn't sure. But. No, no, I have, I have in the past uh, availed myself of the AMA. When we went to Indianapolis for Gen Con, yep. we booked all of our hotels through AMA, and we got the triptych uh, for driving through the United States because we were road tripping that. Someone tell me how they're spelling triptych, by the way. I think it's... There's no D in there, right? No. Okay, no. just making sure. No. Um, <laughs> the uh, The trip to... Disney was through a different company, but that's because Anita has a family friend who works with a different company. I see. So, And I want to say that's Paul Travel, which also a no-sponsor plug, also have not had any problem with Paul Travel. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, no. Um, I've never had a bad experience with a travel agency, but I have availed myself of the AMA before. So, hmm. The only thing, I mean, I'm an AMA member because my car is really old. Uh, and And I think that a lot of people are like me, they think like 
that's all the AMA is for. Well, it makes sense because they're the motor association. They're the motor association. People drive to go on trips, so why wouldn't they start offering travel services? Yeah, totally. And then obviously that explodes into all sorts of travel eventually, yeah. right? Now, are there? Does the AMA do like vacation packages and stuff? Yeah, we have vacation packages that we do. We don't personally do a lot of them. It's through uh, the different suppliers and partners that we have. But yeah, if you want to do an all-inclusive, if you want to go um, on a long stay to Europe or whatnot, like we can help with that. Um, but what's really cool, so I feel like as somebody who ha- is an AMA member as well and um, didn't know everything that we did, it's amazing to me. And it's something we definitely need to work on where you don't tell people like all the different rewards partners we have. So if you go to the Italian Center, you get rewards back. Um, if you, right? Yeah, I had no idea. Adam just made a face, but yes. Yeah, I made a face. Uh, Nita and I went to uh, the AMA recently for reasons and uh, were informed, oh, you should uh, check out all these partners because you can get deals. And we were like, why did we not know this? We've been AMA members for years. It's uh, it's definitely something that we absolutely need to work on. And I know that um, the rewards team is working pretty hard on that and um, getting some new really exciting deals because there's even things like internally. I was talking about how we had um, we have a discount on tickets to the CFR. And I was like, oh, that's awesome. If you want to go to the CFR, if you're coming into town to see the CFR, you can get a discount if you're an AMA member. Yeah. But I don't think everyone knew that. And so it's, yeah, it's been really interesting. I, I'm learning so, so much about it. And uh, yeah, anyway, we shouldn't be just plugging. I feel very shameless. No, no, no. no. Like, I mean, part of the reason we wanted to talk to you was to find out what you're up to. Another reason we wanted to talk to you is to find out about social media in Edmonton, because that's how we started the, this very first conversation six years ago. So just a few questions about it, I guess, because you're still really involved, obviously. I still very much like it. How how has your particular use of it changed, if at all, over the last six years? It oh, it's, it's changed a lot. So first of all, there's so much more. Like some things have died out, some things have grown stronger. Um, there's some stuff that I use very poorly and I just have a lot of fun with, aka Snapchat. Yeah, so um, I do follow you on Snapchat. Yeah, sorry about that. And well, and... Uh, Video for me, Snapchat for me is supposed to be quick. So I was like, oh, lengthy video. Not lengthy, but yep. so anyway. Yeah. Well, and that's, it's funny because everyone uses it so differently. Yeah. And I know people who don't watch videos. They only look at photos. If you have a video, they're going to skip it. Whereas I am one of those people who I like to see the videos because I like the updates from my friends. So I'll update with video all the time because that's what I like to see. And yeah, it's, it's really interesting. But Snapchat is the worst worst user experience because nothing is ever there's there's a guy who's listening to the show sick days who's saying he totally doesn't get snapchat That's, so oh no chris i also <coughs> i can totally relate because it was actually really funny i was at the santa's delivery depot yesterday and we had uh morley so a friend of uh scott's and i's and his daughter was there and so we we're joking about like oh morley why aren't you snapchatting all <laughs> of the things that are happening today and he's like i don't understand it so that you have him holding his phone open and his daughter being like this is what you do dad this is how you add something to your story and if I didn't work with, I worked with um, Bailey, who is in her early 20s. Yeah, and worked it and, with you at the at uh, Post Media yeah, Labs. And worked with me there. And if I didn't have her in my life, I wouldn't have any idea how to Snapchat. Because one day she looked at my thing. She's like, oh, you have a new follower. I'm like, how do you know that? <laughs> well, the ghost is yellow. What? The ghost is yellow? What does that even mean? But That's actually, the title of my autobiography, actually. The ghost yeah, is the yellow. Ghost yeah. Is yellow. Yeah. Yeah. The Adam Rosenhurst story. Something I actually really don't like about Snapchat, and I can see really negatively affecting, especially the youth of today, mm. um, is that when you're messaging with somebody, like one-on-one, 
there's little emojis that pop up on the side depending on how much you've messaged with them. So, you know, there's a fire emoji or there's a cool glasses or there's side eye face or um, there's a star and all the emojis mean different things. And I definitely do not know what all of them mean because what is happening, Snapchat? Make this good for everybody. I feel so old. Um, (laughs) But I can tell you like side eye means, oh, this person totally snaps you more than you snap them. Like you're in a position of power. Okay, like, so how did you learn that that's what side I, I, I meant? I had to Google it. I was like, dear Google, what does what do these emojis mean? Like, why am I one day um, star, smiley face, wink? And why am I sometimes nothing? Like, I don't understand what the point of this is. Hmm. And so it's, yeah, it's really interesting. Now, speaking of Snapchat and social media, a, uh, a ranking of 200 of the top social media people in Edmonton was recently published. And all three of us are on that list, much yes. to my surprise. Yeah. Uh, except that mine was listed as <laughs> Jet, Jet Crestwood. That's because you your changed name your name to your porn star name. Do you know that that confused everyone? Yep. Everyone was like, why is your name Jet Crestwood? And I just stopped answering. <laughs> uh, it is my porn star name. Because now porn stars are usually the name of your first pet and your first name is the name of your first pet. Last name is the street you grew up on. I grew up on 143rd Street. That is the worst last name ever. Yep. But it was in the in the community of Crestwood. Therefore, Jet was the Doberman Pinscher I grew up with. And Crestwood was a community I lived when in. When this was discovered in conversation months ago, this spun out into... No joke, months of joking about Jet Crestwood movies because Jet Crestwood is such a great it porn star amazing. name. Amazing. Well, even Action Hero. Oh like, yeah, I see Jet it's it's Crestwood and that was part of the joke hero. because he's exactly. in all these weird action porn movies. Yeah, and it's all all of them are titled Jet Crestwood in something. So when you say, oh, it's Jet Crestwood Productions presents a Jet Crestwood film. Jet Crestwood is, <laughs> you know, turkey gravy or something like that. <laughs> That sounds like it'd be a thing. Anyway, so yes, this list came out. Uh, I'm, I haven't dug too much into what it actually means, other than I think that the author, Jay Palter, is looking for clickbait. I mean, if, I, if I'm going to be the cynic. I mean, aren't we all? Yeah. So yes, I, can't, I can't blame Jay because I know that lists like this work. Yeah. These are lists that are informative. They're helpful. People like it. People are flattered when they're on the list. They're flattered when they know somebody on the list. And it... It works. It's something that people want to see. And so when I need to tell people, hey, you're new to Twitter, here's some cool people to follow. Here's a great list. Okay, so it's not useless. It's not useless. At it's all. The same with like, so Linda, um, Lindork on Twitter. Is it Huang um, or Brown now? So that's why I always have a problem with it. So technically it's Brown, but brand it's Huang. Pick a fucking name, Linda. Yeah, Linda. Look at this. God. Um, but Linda, uh, she does twice a year a top list of Instagrammers you should follow. And uh, I was on that list, I'm just saying. Um, but, <laughs> but these things don't matter. These yeah. things don't matter. But it's it's a great way for her to get lots of traffic on her site. But also, it's a great way to look at other people who do Instagram really, really well. And we have a lot of really amazing Instagrammers in the city. And sometimes it's like sometimes it's somebody who does it amazingly and does it really, really well because they are hoping to get some sort of a contract or mm. a sponsorship deal or something. and so, Or sometimes it's just this guy takes a lot of really cool photos of the city. And so it's really cool to support that. So we're all on the list has, and it came out on it came out yesterday at the time of this recording. Are we all better off as people since that list came out? I mean, I think I can say yes. It's safely. Yeah. Yes. 
I mean, I know because I was a little bit higher up on the list. Um, I know that I have two people who are now my nemesis and I have to defeat them. Uh, Rachel Notley and Don Iveson? No, Don Iveson and Mac Mayo. Oh. I was higher on the list than Neil Patrick Harris, so I'll take that. <laughs> what was, was that about, by the I way? I feel like it's because he was at an expo and a lot of Edmontonians were following him and then tweeting about him. Oh, okay. That but makes I sense. don't I don't hundred percent know. I think the list was I mean, Jay didn't create the list with his own parameters. He used another service to do that. So the service had some flaws. There are some people on there that it doesn't make a lot of sense or you're not really sure what's going on there, but But here's the um, output. Read it if you want. You know what? It's like a horoscope. Yeah, I don't take horoscopes a thousand percent seriously, but they're fun to read, and I like to know what's going to befall Scorpios. <laughs> that's usually amazing. Things. That's true. Uh, Chris is saying it took him two years to really find Edmonton people on Twitter. That list is about two years too late, Jay Palter. But thanks or, for thanks Chris, for Chris. What a great way to enrich your current Twitter life. Yeah, dude, you're doing it. Yeah. Yeah. So, okay, so you're into some new social media platforms uh, that you enjoy using. How has the Edmonton social media scene changed, at least as far as you're concerned? Well, I think we've seen a huge turnover rate. I mean, a lot of people who were, when we first started tweeting and... Um, it was literally the three of us and Mac. It was, yeah, it literally was us. Um, <laughs> Practically, yeah. yeah. We tweeted things we probably shouldn't have, so please don't ever go back in my history. Um, we would go out for breakfast. Remember when we used to have our... Um, what breakfast we, breakfast war? Breakfast, breakfast war. war. Yeah, yeah, we used to go for breakfast war. We used to have lots to of To lumberjacks. Yeah. We should so do that good. again. We should definitely do that again. Are tweet-ups still a thing? Do tweet. they still happen? I just held a tweet-up at the end of November, there so thanks for not paying attention. Where? <laughs> Where did you do this? Why weren't we invited? Why so, didn't we get a formal personalized invitation i'm a busy girl i can't formally invite everybody fair enough um no at every single november i host a santa's anonymous wrapping tweet up oh, yeah. and so um this was our eighth one i want to say and the well, you don't one I've you don't want me there for that because i'm not good at wrapping presents but you know the great thing about um wrapping at santa's is that they actually have giant bags now so you can put the toys in the bags oh. and i am terrible at wrapping even in the bag <laughs> Literally, this year I wrapped, I put some presents in there. I put the little tie around it and then lifted it up and the tie shot out at somebody. <laughs> and I was like, ow, my eye. I, I think for everyone's safety, I'm going to be a shopper. So the shoppers go into the bins and find the toys and bring them back. And then the person who's wrapping wraps them together. So um, I'm the shopper. I'm better at shopping. I'm better at maybe taking some photos, tweeting it out. I'm not really the best at wrapping it. Um now, I know we were just talking about Santa's Anonymous, but but our, one of our listeners has asked a question, and he wants to know, Brittany, how do you feel about the the Twitter analytics tool, like analytics.twitter.com? Is it useful, or does it make it less of a communications tool? Well, I think with any analytics, you can't take... Like, sometimes it's vanity metrics, first yeah. of all. And like then, Reach, for example? Who gives a shit? Well, I mean, it's interesting to know Reach. I think engagement is the most important thing, but um, I, if you have a really, really popular tweet, it will just ruin your entire analytics. Like, really? It will ruin everything. I had a tweet that went um, like kind of bigger, and my analytics was useless for like a month after that because everything was weighted against this, and you can't just weight everything against it. I think that Twitter's analytics tool is probably one of the better analytics for Twitter I've seen. I do use it um, yeah. professionally and personally, um, but it also falls in line with a little bit more of horoscopes where it's nice to think about, but it's not exactly 
everything you need to know that encompasses it. And um, yeah, it's sweet if you have a really high engagement. It's sweet if people see it. But if people aren't actually acting upon it, if they're not clicking the links that you're sharing, if they're not um, having conversations with you, things like that, it's not really worth it. Like, yeah. It's the same with, and I think I said it in the very first one, you can have as big a follower account as you want, but if people aren't engaging with you, if they aren't actually doing things with you, what's the point? I still, yeah. I still really want a big follower account for some reason. I'm not sure why. I'm not sure why. It's just it's a thing. It's an ego boost. It's a thing, yeah. I think it's a thing that I think about. Speaking, by the way, of the stuff we used to say on Twitter that embarrasses us now, uh, I, I've got a few. Oh, no. You didn't like look into my past, did you? No, I looked into my past. Okay, good. I used Time Hop, and five years ago, I think it's fair to say I was really stupid. <laughs> 29 years old, really stupid. Uh, one of my tweets said, copy editing restaurant makes menus make me hangy. I think that's something you would still tweet. No, I don't think it is. Here, I'm going to find another one. Um, I also, at, at some point, had Tumblr linked to Twitter, and it yeah. made a mess of everything. If you're concerned about your mode of dress, hang out on the U of A uh, campus during finals. Hashtag yeesh. Wow. Yeah, so I hate myself right now. To be fair, I've spent the last month tweeting my whiskey advent calendar. So I'm I've actually really super, enjoyed those. super making great use of Twitter right well, now. But it's interesting to people who are into whiskey or all time. Actually, I've been followed by a lot of whiskey people really? since then. Totally. Yeah. Well, and I think, I think what is really interesting about social media, especially because we have these lengthy histories of things that we've said and done. I think it's really interesting to see how much we've grown as people. So yeah. it's really hard to pluck a tweet out of 2008 and be like, Oh, I said this thing, hold me to it now because it's, almost 10 years later and I'm bad at math. Don't, don't judge me. No, no, no. Um, it is like, I mean, Facebook and everything. It is. Yeah. It's been around that long. I mean, I've said things in 2008 that I don't agree with anymore. Mm-hmm. And it's well, this, awesome to see how we've grown with people. And this people. came up even as recently as the provincial election. Yeah. With, uh, Deborah Drever. Yep who uh, people were plucking stuff out of her social media and be, trying to paint a picture of who she is now yeah. when that's not necessarily fair because it's stuff from several years ago and people change. I am glad that... And that's, for the record, going to become more prevalent yeah. in future elections. I'm glad that I didn't have to grow up as a very young person with social media. I think... Uh, like I don't envy my my two brothers and their with their two children having to raise them in this era. I think. Well, what do they post about their kids? What do they share? Where do they put their photos? Yeah, like my my sister in law uh, posts a lot of images of the kids. Talks about their behavior, both good and bad, that kind of thing. I I don't. I mean, I think when they're fourteen, they're going to be like "fuck you, mom." But I think when they're twenty four, they're going to be like ha, "cool, weird." So what I love about social media is when you know families. So if you know families, if you know the parents, if you know the kids, and then you follow the kids, like or follow, like I had such a Schadenfreude relationship with one of uh, my past colleagues and their daughter because she was a teen daughter. She was going through all the teen angsty uh, stuff that I absolutely did the same, and I still probably do. Um, but she was just like, my parents are terrible. I would die if they. Um, like, if they had not come over to check on me or whatever, and do they even care? And just, like, super melodramatic, like, tweets. And um, it was hilarious. I loved it so much. And every once in a while, I would read something. And then when I saw her mom again, I'd be like, so 
heard that you almost killed your daughter because of this thing. And she's like, that's not even what happened. Like, here's the other side of that story. And I think it's, uh, it's hilarious. I love that kind of thing. And I like the fact that, um, you can watch all of that. I feel really bad, um, for some kids that have parents who are super active on social, because if they're around the age that, you know, they're in their late teens, early twenties, they're also active on social. There's so much overlap, especially if their parents have been doing Twitter since early days. So then a lot of the Twitter community know their parents already. So that all follows them around. It's interesting because I mean, the only place I can really think where I'm seeing that in a big way is uh, Chris Labossier's daughter, Lauren, now has like a food blog. Yeah. And she's university-aged, and it's it's weird and interesting to see that interact. I don't think that Chris is doing anything wrong. I don't think Lauren's doing anything wrong. I think it's interesting. But for those people who are, let's say, more controversial, it'll be interesting to see how their online behavior affects um, others, uh, affects their kids as they move into becoming extremely, you know, frequent social media users. Well, maybe your parents said something really embarrassing on social media like seven years ago. <laughs> maybe. Almost certainly they did. Oh, yes. And then you find it or somebody retweets it into your feed or something and you're just like, oh, no. Why did they say this? Why did they say this about me if it's super <laughs> embarrassing about them? Um, it's, yeah, I think it's just it's really interesting. That's, um, that's part of the process, though. That's yeah. part of the growth process of a new technology like this is you were going through those those kind of growing pains of learning what it's like to have a generational divide uh, online. Yeah. Because our generation, roughly, um, when we grew up, the internet was born and we adopted it. Yeah. But now our children are being born into a world with the internet and how are they going to uh, adopt it as they get old, older and how does that play off of how we were using it because the technology has changed mm -hmm. and it's it's going to be interesting to see how that evolves. When, uh, not even just like with parents and children. I love watching how relationships unfold on Twitter. And I, this relationship can be friendships. It can be husband and wives. It can be new relationships, old relationships, past relationships with like people more uh, boyfriend, girlfriend, 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 boyfriend, boyfriend kind of way. Um, I I just love it. I remember earlier days of Twitter, there was a couple that would fight from different rooms in the house on Twitter, and it was just hilarious. I loved watching it. I loved following it because it was um, just so great. But Really? <laughs> like, I mean, it would have been fun to watch, but... Well, it wasn't like a very, very serious fight. Like, yeah. anything super serious, yeah, maybe I would just back away slowly. But... It was it was really really hilarious. It was just like I can't believe you haven't moved this box yet. Well, you should move it. And they're just like in totally different rooms of the house and just arguing. And it, I, it's interesting that uh, that you know social media platforms like Facebook have sort of had to change the way they treat relationships and how people declare them uh, to make it you know. And you even consider like the legislation that was just passed, uh, the private members bill that was actually presented by Deborah Drever in mm -hmm. the Alberta legislature about domestic abuse and how how we can change laws to help women get out of violent situations uh, was really interesting to me. I, I was just looking up um, So You've Been Publicly Shamed. It's a book by uh, John Ronson that, uh, that I really want to read over the holidays. Basically, I think part of his position is, you know, we are, we can be pretty unfair to people who make even minor mistakes in social media. And I, my hope for the future of social media is that uh, that changes, that, that people are a little just a little bit more sensitive to the fact that 
sometimes we're shooting from the hip. Not only that, it's it's the power of anonymity, and this has been part of the problem with the internet for ever. And it's the reason why trolls are a thing. It's uh, it's very it's very easy to throw stones when nobody knows who's throwing the stones, mm-hmm. and it's very easy to pick on people for even the most minor stuff. When which you yourself are almost certainly also guilty of, when no one else can see that you're also guilty of it. Yeah, and that's. Something that's not going to go away, unfortunately. No. And it's part of the reason why I've taught it's, myself to shut up on it, social well, media. Well, and it's it's a matter of uh, we as as a people needing to mature yeah. online. And that sounds weird to say. but um, And you're an example of someone who's who's grown more mature online. And there are there are a lot of people who have grown more mature online and therefore don't engage in, or try, try not to engage in that kind of stuff. Yeah. And there are some people who... Maybe never Don't, will learn and that. Maybe never will, yeah. I yeah, I definitely had to learn that a little bit more over the past few years. I'm definitely one of those people who has very many opinions and likes to jump in. Um, but I am trying to learn a little bit more how to pick my battles. And there are some topics that I feel very strongly and very passionately about, but I wait to talk to people more face-to-face about because I think that um, actually seeing a person's face, making sure that you know they are another human that you're talking to and being able to read their reactions on their face, I think is super, super important. And... There are some things that just can't be nuanced properly on social media. Oh, and there are things that people will say online in a Facebook feed or in the comment section of an article they would never, mm-hmm. never say to someone's face, ever, in their wildest dreams. They might online say, oh, I'd totally say that to their face, but actually face-to-face with that person, they would not. No, no. Um, it's interesting that uh, newspapers like the Toronto Star actually just the other day shut off comments on all their articles. I mean... There was an argument on Canada Land that Jesse Brown was having with um, one of the editors from BuzzFeed about whether or not that is responsible because it it sort of removes the discourse from it. But if the discourse is so toxic... And there are other venues. It's not like you've shut down the only venue for that discourse. They'll go to Twitter and talk about it. Yeah, they'll post the article and and talk about it on Reddit or something. Like there's, there's other venues for it and maybe the place where the article is is not that venue anymore. Well, and the problem is that, and I think you see it with like the CBC also um, shutting down their comments uh, for any Aboriginal stories. When you get to a point where the negative is outweighing the positive significantly, and people are just saying things that are absolutely abhorrent and hateful. There's no reason to keep that going. You can't keep giving them that space to say it. I'm all for free speech, but there has to be like confident, uh, consequences for that speech. Yeah, it's a huge pain. In the freedoms ass. come with responsibilities, and when you abuse the responsibilities, those freedoms get taken away. You were a teenager once. You should remember that. Uh, who remembers anything from our teenage years? Now, one last question on social media uh, before we go to the next thing we're going to do, which is not exactly the thing you might be thinking of, but the other thing. No, I, I know what Okay, you're good. You we're on know. the same page. Good. No, I don't know. No, no, you don't. You shouldn't know. You're not supposed to know. Well, it's dangerous. What do you think, and this is, this is kind of a big wide open question, but what do you think the future of uh, social media in Edmonton looks like do you have any any idea where things are going utter anarchy yeah complete societal breakdown i don't know i think i think you're gonna see a lot of burnout i think you already see some burnout from people who are just oh there were people who were really engaged on twitter when i started who just don't social media anymore they're just done with it. it it's a problem that you see in a lot of pockets of the internet where people are so 
fed up with having the exact same battles over and over and over and they get snippy and then people are like, well, why are you so snippy with me? If only you would have a polite conversation. Well, they are having polite conversations. They've been having the same polite conversations forever. They're done with having the polite conversations because they can't personally take it anymore. And so that becomes an issue. I think you're going to see an evolution. I mean, Edmonton's always really, really been a strong Twitter town, but I know so many people who are against it and they don't want to join it. And so you'll see more people using Instagram, Snapchat, or what have you. Um, I think that social media in general is moving more to like one-on-one conversations, which I don't know if I love, but we'll see, we'll see how that goes. We'll see what happens next. I think that we'll still have some tweet ups. I think, um, there'll be still more people joining because there's always people joining further and further, um, towards the end of things. Um, and I don't know what happens next. I think we should do a breakfast war tweet up one of these days again soon. I think it's been too long. I mean, I th- you know, you know, the people who came to the sort of first ones, some of them don't even live in the city anymore. Yeah, a lot of them have moved, actually. We're, we're still so going to We all one. just got kind of wistful there for a moment. The founding yeah. members will have one. Thinking about breakfast. fallen friends. And breakfast. And breakfast. Oh, yeah. Always breakfast. As and I haven't do. been to Lumberjacks in forever. So. It's because well, you don't live or, or rather work around the corner from Lumberjacks. <laughs> yeah. It's true. It's still there, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Lumberjacks is an institution. They're still lumbering, jacking one all of the, the lumber? One of the places in town where you can still get beer and breakfast. Okay, we're what, doing this. So what I love about Lumberjacks, if you've never been to Lumberjacks, it's on 75th Street and just off Rober Road. Um, so it's actually, it's really close to where you work at Six Street Chad. Um, but I love it because it's kind of like a truck stop. It's like a little truck stop. You get really like greasy spoon food. The people who work there are all really nice. Um, and they but like, like sort of diner, they all look like diner. they work in a diner. And it's just this lovely little, like, I mean, the clientele is diverse. It's, it's a lot of fun. I really like it. Yeah. No, it's a great, it's a great spot. So we'll do a tweet up yep. and we'll talk further about the future of social media in Edmonton following the last episode. This, the last episode of the Unknown Studio. Probably sometime in the new year. Probably. We're all very busy at this time of year. Yes. Yeah. Are you getting sick, buddy? Uh, I've been fighting uh, a cold for the last week. Anita got Anita got sick, and I think I caught just like the barest minimum of it. So you're you've got the leavings of a cold. Indeed, that sucks. That's terrible. It makes me sound a little, (laughs) little more baritone, a little sexier, sexier. Not that little bit, a little Billy D. Williams. (laughs) On this, the yes, we are. On this, the uh, the weekend that Star Wars: The Force Awakens comes out, which I saw last night, which okay. Billy D. Williams was not in. I'm, I have not. I'm seeing it on Monday, so no, we are not going to talk about Star Wars. I was going to ask because I, you know, I haven't seen it either, and I'm not seeing it until the thirtieth. At least that's the plan. Okay. Also, many of our listeners, possibly even live listeners, of which there are zero, <laughs> uh, will uh, will not have seen it. So we will we will not well, spoil that. For no, you. no, I, I won't spoil it. But I. Notoriously, do not care for Star Trek or Star Wars, um, but I like this movie so much. It's my top three of the year. What is it uh, in broad strokes oh, that yeah, you really yeah. liked it's, about it? It's a movie about friendship. So it's like a <laughs> bunch of people. Brittany likes I stories about friendship. I love stories about friendship, and it is a story about friendship. Um, the lead character is a total Mary Sue, but that's great because there are so many male Mary Sue characters out there. What What is a Mary Sue? Uh, it's a character who's like really good at everything and everyone loves her. Oh, like me. Or like Indiana Jones or James Bond or Everyone didn't love Indiana Jones. He had a he had some problems with, with Hitler, as I recall. Actually, no, he got Hitler's autograph. Yeah, he did. 
Hitler was a Hitler was a fan. No, wait. He was a fan of Hitler's? Wait. Oh, no. I tell you what. I'm going to rewatch the whole series, and we'll figure it out from there. All three movies. You're, the trilogy is what you're saying. Y- yes, because that's the only... Yeah. Th- that's all there is. Uh, yeah. You're not going to talk about Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, are you? No. Good. Because it doesn't exist. The only reason I've seen a small fraction of that movie is because Anita insisted on watching the movie. Why? And I purposefully went and did something else and caught only a, a little bit of it. When the um, Indiana jo- Jones exhibit was at the Telus World of Science, I went there and went through the entire thing. And then about part with you, because I had forgotten there was a fourth movie. I was like, <laughs> I don't remember any of this stuff. Like, where is this? Like, when was this in there? Because I grew up watching Indiana Jones all the time. Like, we watched that movie so much when I was a kid. And I literally was just like, I don't understand. Like, where's this alien thing from? And then it took a while. And then it's like, The Crystal Skull. I'm like, oh, right, that movie, which I never bothered seeing. I thought The Crystal Skull was just Dan Aykroyd's brand of vodka. As well. It's yeah. also that, yeah. right? It absolutely is. Okay. I guess it's a really cute bottle, so I kind of want the bottle, but I don't really want the... Speaking of Dan Aykroyd, we're all excited for the new Ghostbusters movie. Uh, you know. I don't understand. Yes. The answer to your question is yes. I don't understand why people are upset about it. Because women. Yes. I don't know if you know that women ruin everything, Adam. I know. But as a woman, I can tell you that we ruin everything. Deliberately, too, right? Oh, absolutely. We definitely come into things and we're just like, hey, uh, this seems like a really cool movie. What if we made people have feelings and we're full characters? (laughs) And, uh, you know, I don't know. Let's put a woman in there and maybe women in the background and maybe... The way that we portray women is just like they're actually human beings and not like they're some woman brought in to be a woman. Everyone, it turns out everyone is people. Brandon Schatz. <laughs> yeah. Turns out everyone is people. So that's my favorite quote of his from, uh, from a talk that he and Danica did at, uh, at pre-spec, actually. Cool. And that, that was the pull quote I got from that. Oh, it turns out everyone is people. <laughs> now, um, we could keep talking about Indiana Jones and women, and we will. I, I actually have, have a follow-up question really quick. Oh, okay. You mentioned that Force Awakens is vying for your top three spot. What were your other top two? Okay, so... Top three think, films ever? No, 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 just, no just of just the year. year. Just okay, year. okay. I think I have five. I think I have the top five now because it bumped something out. Um, so my very, very first... Okay, so it's actually funny. So in the top three, there's two movies that I actually did not want to go see and then went to see with a friend and ended up loving. Okay. So the first of those two movies is Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, so seems I legit. didn't want to see it because when um, my friend Lowell, our friend Lowell, said, hey, let's go see this movie, dystopian future, desert, fighting, Mad Max. I was like, ugh. Because all I knew about Mad Max was the Mel Gibson stuff. And I was like, I don't want to see this. <laughs> but I'm going to see it because I'm your friend and friends go to see movies together even if they don't want to see them. I don't think and they do. I don't that's, think. I think that's, that's what you do. That's an interesting perspective. That's, that's though, what yeah. I do. Um, because it's always interesting, and it was going to be pop culturally relevant. Uh, and then just before we saw it, then there was a whole hubbub about, you know, like, oh, how dare they put so many women in the movie? And I was like, oh, that's weird. Okay, <laughs> now I'm interested. And then I saw it, and I have never had such an amazing experience with a movie where I was, like, edge of my seat, like, super enthralled with it. So that's definitely number one. Uh, number two, Magic Mike XXL which is one of the more progressive movies made this year. What? It's amazing. The weird thing is Magic Mike XXL, which I got talked into going and seeing uh, with <laughs> my wife and and some of her friends. And uh, we, uh, we went, and it was like a road trip movie. It was like a yeah. dude road trip movie. It's just the dudes happened to be male strippers. And there happened to be some, like, 
almost male nudity. And and Channing Tatum is in this? The Chantates, yeah. Channing Tatum helped make it as great as it was. So how, how so the guy's like a he's like a cardboard cutout of himself. You're a monster. I know you're gonna disagree with I me. I am absolutely going to disagree. Um so if you've seen Magic Mike the first one and you're like oh I don't want to see the second one because the first one was garbage it is garbage don't bother with it just ignore <laughs> it and just see the second one you don't even need to see the first one to see the second one uh, Anita and and our friend Laura uh, agree that the first one takes itself too seriously yeah. and the second one realized like part way along the way oh this is a story about a bunch of idiot male strippers yeah. let's a- have some fun with sure. it sure but going back to the people are all people um it treats men really, really well. And it treats does. women really, really well. It does. Um, it doesn't make men into the he-men, let's beat our chest, let's be like total bros about everything. And they actually like, there's depth and there's different types of men. And it portrays men in a really, really good way. Um, even when they're talking about sex, they're not talking about sex in an overtly gross way to be like, haha, like we're going to bone all these ladies. Um, <laughs> I like the way you said that really nicely. We are going to bone all of these ladies. That's how I imagine men speak. Yes, um, yes. Yeah. Huzzah. Huzzah. Uh, and then for women, it portrays them really well too. And there's women of all different ages, all different races, all different sizes, all different, like everything. Um, and it never shames any of them. So there's an older group of women. They're very sexual. They have a run-in with these male strippers. And at no point are they like, ew, you're old ladies. Like, let's make fun of the fact that you're old ladies. Um, and I really like that. And the first movie was really criticized because there were not a lot of people of color in the movie. And in the second movie, they absolutely improved, improved on that. Wow. So that's my second movie choice. And the last one is Star Wars. And the last one is Star Wars. Now you, sorry, when we started talking about this, did you mention a top five? Or? So it is top five. So it bumped out uh, Age of Ultron. Because I really enjoy the Avengers. I know it wasn't the greatest movie ever, but I... Oh, my God. I make so many apologize, okay. apologies for... Can I just say my thing about Age of Ultron? Please. Age of Ultron was a plot device for Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. It was nothing more than a movie designed to progress the plot of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. So, also, if I'm going to remove a piece of the Earth... Spoiler alert. If I'm going to remove a piece of the Earth, put it up into the sky, and then drop it back onto the ground, I'm going to do it in an unpopulated area. So no one knows about it, and no one can foil my attempts to do so. That's fair. Carry um, on. Also, Sorry. side note about Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., I have not caught up on it, and I'm very behind, and the only time I ever watch it is actually when I cats at Mooney, so I'm oh, excited really? for the Christmas holiday season because I'm going to finish watching more Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. Brittany cat sits for us because she's well, yeah. conveniently close. I should probably give you access to the building before I, I go to Calgary. that, actually, yeah. Yeah. Uh, yes, uh, Age of Ultron, to go back, yeah, was probably the weakest of the Marvel movies so far. Mm-hmm. Also, spoiler, if you've not seen it yet, they fridged one of the characters. And I feel like it was interesting that they fridged a male character, but they should not have done that. No. Um, they basically... I'm trying to remember who. We're, don't worry, we can't we, we'll, say we'll talk about it after. We'll talk about it after. Yeah. Um, I just don't want to spoil it because I do know some people who have not seen it. Actually, no. Anyway, there's a whole like Marvel... Uh, people who haven't seen movies, and I was like, how have you not seen Winter Soldier? Because it's the greatest, and I'm so excited for Civil War. Yeah, I really enjoyed Winter Soldier. Um, and then my fifth one would be actually Crimson Peak. Which I did not see. Which was good, yeah. actually. Yeah, it's really good. It's um, surprisingly more of a gothic romance than anything else. Oh, it's, it's not, not surprisingly a gothic romance. It was marketed poorly because right. Guillermo That's del Toro was, was very clear. I've made a gothic romance movie. I've made like a love letter to Italian genre fiction. And... 
everybody who was working on the trailers was like, oh, this is obviously a horror movie. Which, um, there's scary parts, for sure. Oh, definitely. Um, but I was I was actually really, really surprised with how much I liked it. And the more I thought about it after seeing it, the more I enjoyed the movie. Oh, it's also beautiful. It's so beautiful. It's a gorgeous movie. Hmm. So yeah, that would be my top five. Wow. Okay. That's... Uh... I don't think I've seen enough movies to even make a top five this year. Not like movies that came out this year. I've seen all the movies you mentioned, except for Star Wars. I haven't seen Star Wars yet. I'm seeing that tomorrow. Are you excited? That's fair. Yeah. yeah. Okay. I'm trying to keep myself tempered. Like everybody who's gone to see it so far has been like, wow, this is the best Star Wars movie. Okay. And I'm just like, uh, but now that that's really high bar to clear. So I'm trying to keep my expectation a little lower than that. For me, the the big indicator was uh, my good friend Samantha Power, whom you all know, mm-hmm. uh, texted me to ask if I'd seen it. I said I had not, and she was, and I asked her if it was good, and she responded yes with two exclamation points, which might not seem like a big deal, but Sam is a huge Star Trek fan, is actually delights in not liking Star Wars, and was very excited about this film. Uh- we were at a Christmas party last night with some friends, and uh, some of them had seen, some of them had not, but the ones who had seen were very uh, respectful. There was no in-the-house no uh, discussion. They would go out to the, the shed in the back and... Uh, <laughs> That's really funny. And, and splurge about the movie. But uh, somebody came late because he had gone to see the movie in an earlier showing and then was coming to the Christmas party after. And when he walked in, he like caught eyes with a couple people and just like was like, yep, you've seen the movie. Yep, you've seen the movie. Hmm. Like just from the look in their eye, from the glint, from the little glint in their eye. Wow. I I was so surprised at how much I liked this movie because I didn't think I would really like it. And actually, we went to the theater last night wanting to see a 7 o'clock movie. And we said, okay, we could either see Star Wars or we can see Sisters. So hang on. You didn't, you hadn't bought tickets already? No. You just went and showed up. Landmark Cinemas downtown is my favorite thing ever because you don't ever have to really worry about it. That was a self-high five. Not only that, um, a lot of the initial showings did sell out, but then all the major movie chains were like, oh, well, we'll just add like 12 more viewings per day. And those ones didn't sell out. Actually, what was really interesting is I have a coworker who loves Star Wars but didn't think he could see it. And I was like, oh, well, there's some theaters that are showing on Thursday. And he's like, this is the greatest because I'm going to be all out of town all weekend. And he actually went, there was like the Star Wars page um, for buying movie tickets. And yeah. it was all sold out. And then he just went to the Windermere Theater website. And they were like, oh, we have another showing, but it hasn't been added to the other thing. So he bought general admission tickets, went in, and there was not, it wasn't a packed theater. So he we went really? Thursday night of Star Wars opening, and he just had like a delightful experience and didn't have to fight crowds. That's that's pretty interesting. I, I, I just assumed everything would be sold out. I bought... Uh, VIP theater tickets for the 30th, because I don't like going to movies where there are children. I think the VIP theater is sold out. It might be. Over the first weekend. We got AVX tickets for tomorrow in advance, mostly because we just didn't want to have to wait in line. Yeah. So it's like we get our assigned seats, we can show up in time for the movie, it's no big rush. Yeah. And I am the weirdest. I love waiting in line at the theater. I love it. I just, I think it's the greatest theater experience, because you get to... You stand in line, you can talk to other people. I'm a big fan of talking to other people because I'm like that. Um, <laughs> but you can talk to your friends, you amp it up, you can catch up with your friends, you can talk about the movie, are you excited, are you not excited, what other movies are you excited about? Um, and then you go and you get your seats, you can go get your treats if you want treats, and then you get to play the movie trivia, which I'm really good at. Uh, do you play? Are, do you have the app with the game? Do you do the games too? I don't do the games. And actually, okay, sidebar again. <laughs> there was a guy sitting in front of me last night before the movie started, and his 
brightness was set to like a thousand percent. <laughs> and I am notorious for having my brightness down to almost nothing. You can't see my phone usually. Same. Um, because I, A, like saving battery and B, don't like burning my retinas out. <laughs> and this guy's phone was so bright. It was illuminating his face, his girlfriend's face, the face of the person beside him, um, my face, like everybody. Like it was, it was like daytime in the middle of the theater. And it shouldn't be that bright. You should never have no. your phone that bright. And if you're in a theater, obviously tone that down because the other people don't need that. It drives me crazy when people check messages during a film. Oh, yeah, like no. I, I'm, I'm pretty chill, but if someone whips out their phone while a movie's playing, I will lean forward and politely ask them not to do that. Uh, I turn off my phone. Like stri- right off. Like I turn it right off because I don't, I don't even want the temptation to, to pull it out. I'm just like, nope, I'm watching a movie in a theater as a, cur- as a courtesy to my fellow moviegoers, my phone will not vibrate, my phone will not ring, my phone will not illuminate, nothing. I just turn it off for two hours, it's not the end of the world. <laughs> yeah, well, and he was good, like, he didn't put up, like, he turned it off for the movie, but it was pre-movie that was just, like... That he was you burning your face off. blinding me. Um, the only time I've ever... I ha- never have that person, like, the Tommy Texter. I never see them during the movie. That's what they're called, Adam. It's a real... I've, I've seen the pre-show slides. That is the um, technical scientific term for people who text during movies. Tommy Texter. Tommy Texter. Um, the only time I've had that happen all year that I can recall is actually during one of the times I saw Magic Mike XXL, and it was just like a bored boyfriend. It was like two rows ahead of me, and he was like, I hate everything. <laughs> I'm like, watch the movie. You're going to learn things. You will <laughs> learn... You're going to learn something about the male penis. I mostly have to deal with uh, with the Sally seat kickers. Ooh, yes. Oh, yes. Yeah. It's usually what I end up yeah. with. I so going back to Magic Mike XXL really quickly. One of the things I also really enjoyed it about it was because it allowed you to have really interesting conversations with your friends post viewing the movie. Like what? You'd, what was your favorite routine? Oh. Why is it that you were interested in that routine? Because there was routines that could appeal to a various um, type of people who like different things, and so then you could really talk to your friends about that and like go even a step further. And it was just it was sort of what like Fifty Shades of Grey did with books and like people on the bus was, um, it was that kind of experience where you could just like open to talk about different things that you normally might not talk to your friends about. I think I, yeah, I probably wouldn't talk to my friends about it afterwards, but it's not a movie made for me. At least I don't think so. Maybe it is. Maybe it is. I haven't seen it, so I, I don't know. I it. I never saw the first one. It didn't make sense to me to see the second. Don't bother. Just really? The second one. Actually, that's that's to. pretty fair. You're caught up pretty quickly on what's going on. Yeah, there's only one thing that you won't know if you didn't watch the first one, and that was one of the characters' um, nicknames is Big Dick Richie, and they don't <laughs> mention that that's his nickname until partway through when they make a reference to the size of his member. And uh, on one of the times I saw it, my friend leaned over and was like, "What is this guy's deal?" And I'm like, "Oh." <laughs> Here's what you need to know that you would not have known because they have not referred to him as Big Dick Richie once in the movie so far. Okay. So they just called him Richard. Yeah. Out of respect for Richard. Definitely. Uh, I wanted to say a few things, a few last things about Star Wars. I know we can't say a lot about it, but it did break uh, some records this weekend. It raked in $238 million in the U.S., putting it ahead of the other record breaker, which was also from this year. Which was uh, Jurassic World. Yeah. Unfortunately, yeah. Jurassic World was a god awful movie. Yeah. It was really bad. Now, it w- Anita believes that it's one of her top comedies of the year. <laughs> I'm, I'm not joking. She, partway through the movie, just in her brain, she decided, nope, this is a comedy film, and then started enjoying it again. And 
the final moment there, there's this big dramatic swell at the end of the of the movie, and Chris Pine. I don't know his character's name. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt. Sorry. I'm sorry. Uh, Chris is correct. My bad. <laughs> my bad. Uh, Chris Pratt uh, gives his like his like witty one liner to to cap off the movie, and everyone in our row burst into laughter because it was so terrible. It was so terrible, and the characters didn't really work, and there was no real depth to the characters. Nope. The only character that actually had a really interesting storyline got brutally murdered. Yep. And the entire movie, they're telling you all these really interesting facts about her, and you're like, oh, I'm really rooting for you. You're just about to have your, you know, bachelor bachelorette parties, and you're going to get married, and it's so lovely. I'm trying to remember and, who you're talking about. It's not surprising that you don't, because most of the characters... The, the only movie, character that, like, absolutely brutally murdered. I can't remember. Oh, like the, the secretary who's watching the, the kids. The kids, yeah. Right, she's like and an then assistant. gets eaten by like six different monsters. I liked the uh, the guy who owned InGen. I thought if they developed his character a little bit more, the helicopter guy, yeah. it would have been interesting. There's a lot of like, they didn't do enough with the characters. They were kind of like, mm, well, if we have dinosaurs, people would not really care about the rest of it. Don't get me wrong. I love dinosaurs, but I also like character development. Now, the only reason that Star Wars didn't shatter the worldwide film record, which is $524 million in a weekend, uh, which is also Jurassic World's, is because, so they pulled in $517 million. Now, the reason they didn't hit it is because when Jurassic World came out, the same day it came out in the United States, it came out in China. Mm-hmm. The, chi- the re- China release for Star Wars is in January. So I guarantee you if they were released on the same weekend, it would have shattered that record. To be fair, the weekend is not over. That's true. That's true. That's very true. Um, there's a whole bunch of other things from this list on SlashFilm.com. It was the biggest Thursday preview gross with $57 million. It was the first film ever to post a single day over $100 million. Uh, it was the biggest December debut, nearly three times the previous record of $84.6 million. So we all knew this was going to be a big event, um, and now we have the financial oh, evidence. The movie made its budget back before this weekend. Yeah. I'm not even joking. Between yeah. uh, advanced sales for tickets and merchandise. And little BB-8 yeah, remote like control like they BB-8s. more than made back their budget on the movie. I was trying so hard not to care about that stupid little droid because <laughs> I was like, I get it. It's just a promotional thing. They just want to sell a whole bunch of these cute little droids to everybody. And that droid was amazing. Like, so Karen Hatton, who's probably one of the biggest Star Wars fans I've ever met, she goes to like the thing that they do every year yes. down in the place. You know, I yeah. Uh, she's got tattoo- Star Wars tattoos. She tweeted that she was trying to dislike the little droid. She didn't want to like him more than R two D two, and she f- she did not succeed in her mission to no. not like him more than R two D two. This movie is going to be the most gift thing ever, I think, because there are so many great one liners. There's so many great spots in the movie that I was just like, I would like to use this as a gif all the time. Oh well, yeah. Just wait just for it. Do not go on Giphy for the next like. <laughs> yeah. Yeah couple weeks until you've seen them i've i've been avoiding a lot of i've i've been very lightly skimming social media for the last couple days because i'm like i just have to hold out till monday i just have to hold out till monday and uh apparently i read a thing today that came up in my news feed um just don't play star wars battlefront until you've gone and seen the movie because that's all people are because talking that's about? all people are talking about is star wars the force awakens so you will be spoiled if you play star wars battlefront so I was thinking of maybe buying a PS4 uh, with Battlefront so that I could play Fallout 4. But then Rachel and I, my girlfriend Rachel and I, have been talking about actually getting a new couch. 
That's not going to happen. But I did get to borrow a PS4 from my friend Zach. All I had to do was drive him to the airport. And I've been playing Fallout 4. And let me tell you, it's pretty good. It is pretty good. It didn't blow my mind the way that I'd hoped it would. Meh. But it's a game in the Fallout universe that I'm very happy with. A fair criticism I heard is that it's it doesn't look as good as it should on a PS4. Yeah. Uh, and that's because Bethesda hasn't actually done anything to upgrade their engine for like 12 games. Really? So it, it looks like Skyrim. Yes. It looks like Fallout 3. Like yeah. it's, it, fundamentally, it's identical. It's just, it's new content and the content is fun and there's some new stuff and the new stuff is fun, but the game itself hasn't really visually improved Although, in, in generations. I will say that uh, people's faces look a lot better. Instead of looking like, you know, vanilla soft serve, they actually look like human beings now. But when you... When you release a big, vast open-world RPG the same year as The Witcher 3, yeah. and The Witcher 3 looks so good, uh, you need to step up your game there, Bethesda. <laughs> yeah. And that's not to say that I haven't been enjoying Fallout 4. Sure. And I'm not, I'm not even one of those people who, who's usually uh, big on graphics, but Bethesda's engine is buggy as it is and really does need to get... I know. They really do need to build a new one. Yeah. So... Yeah, I was trying to play New Vegas a few... Uh, well, I know that Bethesda didn't make New Vegas, but same mechanic. But it's the same engine. It was yeah. ugh, terrible. Have you played it yet? I've not. I still haven't finished Mass Effect 3, because I am... Slowly working your way through it? I, just, I never have time to dedicate to video games, and so that's actually one of the things I want to do over like this Christmas break, is I'm going to play Mass Effect 3, hopefully finish it. Well, we're going to talk a little bit about what it is you're spending your time doing uh, in a moment. Now, I know you're not a huge fan of Christmas. No, not really. Too bad. Fair. Uh, usually Scott and I exchange gifts on the show, but we decided, as it is our last one. And uh, we wanted to change things up a little bit. Yeah. That we would not exchange gifts this year on, on our show. We would instead just shower you with gifts. No. Yeah, yes. yeah, no. yeah, totally. So here we go. Santa's gift bag. You guys are monsters. Yep. Oh, there's so much good stuff here. You literally have a bag of things. Yeah. yeah. We're going to piece these out to make it interesting. Okay. Now, you'll recall as you open this one gift that I asked you over text message yesterday if your nut allergy uh, translates to herbs and spices. Which I don't know. I answered garlic because I don't know if garlic counts as herb and spice. But, okay, um, so but you, anyway. you can't have peanuts. You can't have almonds. You can't have Brazil nuts. Peanuts, nuts, and garlic. But the word nutmeg contains the word nut. Ah, yes. Coconut also does, and coconut is delicious. Okay, crack that open. All right, I'm cracking this open. It is in very festive um, wrapping paper. You've got Santa and snowflakes and a little reindeer. It's it's really all I had for wrapping paper at home. So that's what all our store wrapping paper. Is the ripping the worst sound ever right now? Actually, I love it. It sounds amazing on the headphones, so we know our listeners are going to love it. This is amazing. So why don't you tell them what it is, Brittany? So, no, I'm not going to now. Sorry. If you can't see this, it's... Uh, we should have done a video podcast. Uh, no. Oh, gosh, no. Um, so this is Red Balloon Pie Company gingerbread caramels, which are the greatest type of caramels. So thank you. They have a whole variety of them. I was down at Little Brick yesterday visiting with a friend from out of town, and uh, it just screamed Brittany. I, I love these um, so much. 
I really like I really like gingerbread caramels. They're like my favorite really? like, seasonal like treat that come out. All right, so, so this we're is perfect. We're Thank one you. for one on a good Christmas. That's perfect. Well, I, I mean, still anti-Christmas, but this gift is very lovely and also not needed. Yes, none of these are needed. No, no, they're absolutely unnecessary. This one, not yet. Well, because I saw I saw Scott bring a present in, and I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is like because you guys always do this every year. So I was like, Yay. and you were like, I I get to bear witness. I was totally happy to bear witness. So take that one. Okay. Go ahead with that so one. So this one, also, who wrapped these? Did you wrap them? No, I, I, yes, I did. <laughs> I did. That was an interesting recovery. Yeah, did Rachel wrap them? Then? No, no, no. Okay. Because the other day I, I tweeted on Twitter that I'm terrible at wrapping. I saw that, actually. Were you wrapping these at the same time? No, I wrapped these this morning. But, okay. <laughs> but I can only wrap if it's in boxes. Like, you know, if, if it's a shirt that's not in a box... That was very that was the red balloon uh, uh, caramels package, was so. yeah anyway anyway here, here's um, another I'm one for you absolutely the worst at wrapping things I wrap with aluminum foil and packing tape sometimes <laughs> Anita it just works loves wrapping presents does she get really fancy with she the ribbon sometimes stuff? does and sometimes finds interesting ways to wrap like it's it's magic to me it's all like I I have no skill at wrapping whatsoever Rachel's mom wraps everything in Safeway bags. Legit. I appreciate that. I used to always take newspaper and wrap it. That's, that's okay. Um, friends on the internet who are listening to the podcast, I would like to let you know that I just unwrapped a small blue box, very similar to a Tiffany box, but not a Tiffany <laughs> box. And when I first opened it and saw the blue, I was like, oh my God, if they got me something from Tiffany, I'm going to leave this room I should right s- now. I should say that... Uh, we had a lot of extra boxes at home that I could use. That's, it's good, because I literally, if you got me something that was stupid expensive like that, I would have just left. I would have just been like, thank you, no thank you, I'm leaving. Oh, so I I, feel, to get Brittany to leave, I just have to give I her something nice. so awkward. Oh, don't worry about so, it. No. No, it's all good. Oh, yeah, gold wrapping paper inside. <laughs> the gold wrapping paper was the present. She likes it. Oh, <laughs> you're like a cat. <laughs> I am like a cat. I got a box, and there was like fun little wrapping paper I can like crinkle inside of it. Success. Um, it's what's inside that counts. It really is. As they say. Now, Scott and I knew that we had to get you something that that was themed along these lines. Oh my God. And so uh and so oh that's why God. you have well, that. Well, uh it is a My Little Pony glittery Pegasus. Uh is this a bad Pegasus? I don't know. Um ornament. Do we know which pony this is? No, I tried looking for its name, but it was the closest thing I could find to a unicorn. Uh, some pony out there will know. Yeah, purple, purple body, blue, oh, sparkly uh, hair. You know? That's uh, Princess Luna. Seriously? Yeah. She has little moons on her. She looks kind of like a welcome to night. Yeah, she's an alicorn, for the record. Not a, not a pegasus, because she has a unicorn horn as well. Right. She does, yeah. I know Thank you. way too much about that character, and, and it, I'm not going to explain why. It is from Friendship is Magic? Yes. Okay. I'm a big fan of friendship, unicorns, and glitter. So it's really just like everything was perfect there. I'm trying to remember. Oh, yes. Yes. Here. Okay. Well. I'm trying to remember what all the presents yeah. are. This is one of the most fun things about unwrapping presents. You're like, oh, shit. I, yeah, I totally got you that. I forgot that. Well, uh, and Anita and I split up our Christmas mornings between our two parents' houses. And so uh, we'll, we'll legitimately like have a bunch of presents to to give to each other at one place and a bunch of presents to give to each other at the other place. And part of packing up to go out Christmas morning is always, okay, so which ones do I want you to open here? And what is in this box? <laughs> yeah. Should it be this? Wait, no, I think I wrapped it in that. What and have I done? It's all very mysterious. Yeah. 
I'm trying to uh, like unwrap it quietly so you can still have your story, no, but no, also no. not like make it so Just the focus is on the unwrapping. No, it's a, it's a good sound. It's a it's a Christmassy sound. Um, for the people who are not here, this is a penguin with a little Santa hat and a green scarf on the wrapping paper, and it's really cute. So far, all have had unique wrapping paper. So so, so far, prepare here, for disappointment. Here's an interesting comment from someone who's listening to the live feed. He says, "I have friends who used to exchange gifts in cereal boxes." So yes. it's the only stipulation for a gift exchange. It has to fit inside a cereal box. That's there you go. awesome. Yeah. That's a really smart ex- uh, stipulation, actually. Yeah, a good rule. I mean, you could still buy them thousands Whatever. and thousands of dollars worth of presents if or you Or just wanted. stick thousands of dollars in a cereal box. <laughs> yeah. My family was always really, really big on wrapping things in boxes that were too big or weird sizes or something. So we'll, you usually get, of it. we'll usually get some of those. Uh, Nita has a story that because um, my father-in-law, Gary works in essentially a box factory. Really? Or or like a box warehouse. And he had this oddly shaped like trapezoidal box apparently that he obtained at one point and started using year after year for apparently he's lost it since because I've never seen this box. But it was this legendary box. And every year someone would get this box with something inside. Yeah. There was just no way to tell what it was inside the box. We always every year had um just the bags of cereal, like the just like the inside of the boxes would always just be in the cupboard, and you're like, somebody's wrapping Christmas. Like, we, we know that. That's awesome. Uh, this is a really cute wintry box, by the way. Uh, it actually used to contain Christmas cards. We've, mm. we've sent all of them. So it does not contain Christmas cards. What does it contain? Ooh, it's Brittany? magnetic. Yeah. Okay, I'm keeping you're the box. You're keeping the box, I'm yeah. That's why I knew she was going to say that. <gasps> oh, man. It is a special Batman air freshener. Yeah, actually, That's there's right. two of them in there. So not only can you freshen your car, but anywhere else that needs freshness. Or save one for later freshness. There you go. I am a big fan of freshness and the vanilla scent, as well as Batman. (laughs) So this Batman symbol... is it logo, I guess, would it be? Would uh, yeah, it I think, a bat symbol? I think it's a, a bat symbol. The bat yeah. symbol. Uh, that will come in handy. Thank you. You're very so welcome. So you guys are killing it with these gifts. All right. Well, we you've been a guest on our show so often. Yeah. And you were, in fact, joking earlier that we should have gotten you a gift well, <laughs> for being <laughs> such a regular guest. It was a jacket for being on so often. Uh, like a green remember? jacket. A green jacket. Yeah. Um, I'm also going to put everything in this box now. Oh, no. Well, just, yeah, leave it there. It's, it's all good. Um, I'm just trying to... You're being tidy. I appreciate that. When when we unwrap gifts oh, no. at my parents' place, it's fine. Don't worry. It's oh, it's heavy. always a mess. Yeah, but but my mom always like sort of follows people around with the recycle bag. It's just a thing that we do. Do you know what I really like about this so far? You guys want to ask me to guess because I hate guessing. Oh, no. oh there's, and there's no way you'd be able to. Yes, guess. just rip uh, the shit open and yes. So yeah. this one was quite heavy. But that's because it's. Uh, and it's because it's a 2016 daily calendar. Yeah. you know how much I like days and calendars. <laughs> it's true. You were so fond of days. I was super fond of days. Yeah. Uh, did you know, like, fingerprints, everyone's tongue print is different? D- I did not know that. But I, OMG, I know that fact now. Yes, because this is a hard-to-believe true fact all year long calendar. Can you imagine? Every day you're going to have at least one thing to talk to people about. You're gonna, you're, your mind is going to be blown every day. This is amazing. Do you, okay, do you know what I really love about this? What? So I have a guy who I work with. His name is uh, Elaine. Um, I call him Al because I always butcher his name because he's French. Um, but he has a day, uh, logic puzzle of the day calendar on his desk. And what he does is he'll solve them and then he'll bring them up for me like in batches. And then I have a stack of like logic puzzles I get to solve. So I'm going to start sharing the OMG facts with him. Cool. But wait, there's more. Why is there more? There's one more. It's this, the last one. This is the 
thing de resistance. It's really big, though, so this actually might be my jacket for being on here so much. And, <laughs> friends, it, it's super soft, which it's, I like. It is soft, yeah. And uh, it is a snowman in a scarf wrapping paper, so yet another wrapping paper. How much wrapping paper do you have? We have four, three, one, two. We have got four rolls of wrapping here's paper. A, here's an interesting wrapping paper fact. My mom had special wrapping paper from Santa. Like... You all of all of the presents that I got when I was a kid from Santa would have unique wrapping paper from any of the other gifts I got from like my parents or or whoever. That's really smart. And it was it was some special wrapping paper that my mom always got smuggled into the house and kept hidden. And it was the Santa wrapping paper. Oh, spoiler alert! Santa's not real. Yeah. Uh, wow. Oh wow. wow! You really on the last episode of the <laughs> Unknown Studio. Uh, also, my parents had to start had to switch and make Santa have his own wrapping paper because when I was six. I went up to him and said, guys, I figured this out. Santa has the same wrapping paper as you guys, so obviously oh, you no. guys are Santa. My mom had it all figured out from when I was quite young. So um, what I'm hearing Brittany say is that you very nearly ruined Christmas. I almost did. I actually, I've ruined Christmas a number of times. It's kind of a family tradition for me. I, I have um, to tell you right now that, uh, that Phil Wilson, the bacon hound, has said, having been snubbed on this gift thing, I'm never listening to another episode <laughs> of The Unknown Studio again. Oh my God, can we talk about how freaking insane this is okay yes yeah. so Brittany Brittany asked for a jacket and instead <laughs> oh we got her a is it like a snuggie it's a snuggie no way from from the show Supernatural okay, it's not just it's not a snuggie it is Cassiel's jacket as a snuggie <laughs> yep which is just like oh, which is kind of like a right green now. jacket so um, except except and, much more comfortable yeah it has a picture of the Winchesters though like I feel like it should also have Cassiel on there it's a bit of a missed opportunity I will agree with you on that or maybe like uh, what is the Dean and Castiel thing? Destiel? Oh, yeah. The, uh, sorry, it has a lot of things on it. Why are you guys... Well, to secure it... Stop securing this. I want to wear it. You're going to you're gonna actually put on the, the supernatural on. Snuggie. We, so oh, no. What happened? All the more reason for us to have had a video podcast. Yeah, really. I mean, we're, uh, we're obviously we're going to have to take a photograph no, of this. No, we can't is, any photos, actually. I'm allergic. And then, and okay. then post them on social media. But you're going to eventually... Oh, we definitely are. Yeah, we're doing that. Uh, that's definitely a thing. Hold on. Uh, there's a lot of, like, it's being held together really, really well. Do you want me to? It is uh, uh, the most secure. Don't you like, hate those? They're like little plastic fasteners that yeah. are attached to every piece of clothing. They're like socks. And they have so many on your socks. And just when you think you're done with all the little plastic pieces holding your socks together. There's more plastic, there's pieces. More plastic pieces. You know what drives me crazy is when, I'm, when I've gotten, like, a new pair of socks or a shirt or something like that. And it doesn't have a plastic thing going through it. It's actually got like a loop of several threads going through it. Oh my God, this oh Snuggie God. is amazing. The best worst. So it's, <laughs> it's yeah, it, which is, it's a blanket with sleeves. It, it just has sleeves. It goes a little bit high. Uh, and it has a really sweet, it, this is, it's Cassiel. All it's right. Amazing. Okay. Show us, spread, spread out those how I, arms. How do I look? You look amazing. He's taller than me. <laughs> well, you want the, you want the Snuggie to cover your feet. Awesome. For, for maximum comfort. There was a brief pause there as a photo was taken. That yeah, photo was, will be on the internet is, momentarily. It's uh, true. This is really comfortable, though. Oh, well, yeah. Like, it is super soft here. This is... Oh, my gosh. Ten times yeah. better than a jacket. Yeah, yeah. A green oh, jacket. I mean, come amazing. on. And it is green. So yeah. It's so, just... so great. I am wearing it for the rest of this podcast. So that is the um, end of Christmas for you, Brittany. Well, thank you. I don't know why you did this. Um, everyone, because we can I appreciate it. I appreciate it very much. The, this is 
There's two answers to what you're asking. One, so great and so unnecessary. one is that because you deserve it, and two is because we need to drain the Unknown Studios bank account before the show ends. <laughs> Well, thank you for draining it on me. <laughs> uh, yeah. That sounded uh, totally that? unsavory. That's, that's not great. This is so comfy. This is amazingly snuggly. I'm glad I you like it. bring it to your house and snuggle your cat in it and watch Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> <laughs> that's that awesome. is basically the correct progression. That's how I'm going to spend Christmas Eve, I think. That's amazing. Well, uh, that's not all. We still, we still have to... Like, we can't end the Unknown Studio and not do... One last time. Yeah. The fast fifteen. Oh yes, we're gonna do. We're gonna fast fifteen We've, you. We fast fifteen to Brittany. I'm sure multiple times. We are going to. It's going to be a, a proper Roger. This is. But this is the last episode, and therefore there has to be one more fast fifteen. Yeah, and it will probably be the slowest ever fast fifteen as we try to prolong. Because I'm super slow at answering these. Also, that the pain prolong the pain. Brittany's taking a photo. It's over. Sorry, I just Snapchatted. That's okay. Ooh. Well, there you go. Are you Topical. On, are you on Snapchat? I'm not. I probably should be. I think you should be. I, I should probably also be on Instagram. You're not on Instagram? I should probably get onto that Vimeo thing. <laughs> Maybe Pinterest. There's actually a lot of social media that I've just not jumped on. Part of, part of it, though, is that I have a little bit of reticence because I'm like, which one of these is going to be just like a flash in the pan? That's a good question. Like, which, is, which of these is going to be the next... Uh, I can't think of something that's died Ello. out. Ello. Remember yeah. when Ello started two yeah. months ago and then died a month later? Yeah. So, But some of the ones that I've just mentioned have been around for a while now. True. And I should probably actually get Remember around to Remember that time that Ello sent me a note and was like, somebody just followed you on Ello. It was like a few weeks ago. And I was like, no. Uh, LOL. I'm not going to check that. <laughs> Chris thinks that uh, it was made from angels. Probably was. It probably was. Just like I was. Right, Chris? He's probably going to text us right in just a moment. Yeah, um, but while he's doing that, let's get to the f- the final oh Fast 50, the ultimate Fast 15 on the Unknown Studio with our first and last guest, Brittany LeBlanc. Are you ready? Yes. I'm in my Castiel cosplay snuggle situation. <laughs> and... You look amazing. Here we go. And comfortable. It's so comfy. Number one, your favorite food. Um, I hate you. I hate you guys so much. Okay. Um, right now. Right now works. Okay. You know what my favorite thing is to have right now? Like I'm a soup person. I love soups. Okay. I, a few years ago, hated soup. I'm super on the soup train now. You're super on the soup soup train? train? Yeah. I think it's superb. Um, Sorry, not sorry. I love, there's this little place called Tao Garden okay. in Chinatown. And so basically if I go to Chinatown, it's for hot pot at Urban Shabu, pho at King Noodle House, because I love them. Still need to um, do hot pot at some point. I've never, I've never done, done it done either. I think we're, we're going to have to do that. Okay. In January, we're going to have a celebratory hot pot to celebrate the end of the Unknown Studio. And then we'll do a breakfast tweet up. And then we'll yep. do a breakfast war. Um, but Tao Garden is just one of my like new faves and like fast faves because it is a build your own noodle soup place. Hmm. And you go, it's fairly reasonable. You check your broth, you check what noodles you want, you pick a uh, meat and a vegetable if you'd like, um, or two meats or however many meats you want. You can go insane. Uh, but you get two things with the soup and then it costs a little bit more for anything else you want to add to it. And then they bring you soup and a drink is included and everything and it's super comforting and lovely. That and sounds it's perfect on a cold day. That sounds amazing. So soup. I guess. S- soup is your favorite food. Soup is my favorite food. What about your favorite color? 
Green. Mac, PC, or Linux? Okay, so this is a hard one too because I previously have not had Macs, but I got one with my last job um, for work purposes. I had to give it back. Super sad. Um, <laughs> so actually, I really enjoy Macs, and if they didn't cost a bazillion dollars, I would probably own one. So Here's what you do. Type in a refurbished Apple into Google and then go to the Apple store and buy a refurbished machine. They're like a fraction of the cost. That's awesome. I'm going to do that. Well, they're like 30% cheaper. But that's that's good because I have a early 2000s laptop that Ooh. you can hear when it turns on and it refuses to do things. It's like starting a jet engine. I, yeah. I'm like, hey, computer, can you go to the internet? And the computer's like, no, I can't do that. I'm not really feeling it right now. And I'm like, but computer, please, can we... Can we do something? Can we play Roller Coaster Tycoon? It's like, all right, that's the only thing I will do for you. And I'm like, come on, computer. Wow, um, Roller Coaster Tycoon, eh? Yeah, it's pretty great. Um, I am the champion of roller coasters. And there was a video that's been making the rounds of somebody playing Roller Coaster Tycoon who made the longest roller coaster. It right. takes like 100 years to complete. Seriously? Oh, my gosh. Can yeah. you do it on fast forward? Well, yes. Okay. Do you guys ever, you've played Roller Coaster Tycoon? Yes. Yes, everyone has. I also like Sim Tower, by the way, which I think like nobody else does. Um, <laughs> hmm. And Sim Farm. Anyway, I only ever really play Roller Coaster Tycoon as my game of choice on my PC uh, because the only thing that works. Because the only thing that works, yeah. <laughs> and um, did you ever, like, when you got really, really angry at somebody? Because you're like, I have given you the greatest theme park experience. <laughs> it costs you, like, nothing to get in here. The rides are really reasonable. I'm not charging you for bathrooms. Like, what is your deal? And they're super angry anyway. I always made, like, a little island they had to live on. So you would just send them there and then yeah, they would, I would be send stuck them there. there. And sometimes if I was like feeling really generous, it would have a food vendor and a bathroom, but both were like thirty dollars. <laughs> wow, you were like the evil roller coaster tycoon. I, I really am. I'm like, why I have given and given and given to you people and you don't like me? You now are banished to the island. This will not stand. <laughs> you are banished to the island. To wow. the island of exile. You're you're like a despot. You're not you're not so much a tycoon as like a And these are tourists, my yeah. Yeah. It's not like they're her citizens. No. These are just people who've come to visit and never get to leave. <laughs> you're you're actually a monster. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well we'll carry on. Yes, yeah, sir. Uh, dogs or cats? I like them both. I like them both so much. And I can't choose. And That's... I don't have any pets and I don't want a pet, but I want to snuggle all of your pets. Okay. So as long as I'm not a bird. Bird I don't understand birds. Um, but dogs, cats, my perfect animal would be a teacup musk oxen. So if science could hurry up on that, that'd be amazing. You heard it here, science. You've got some work to do. Yeah, science, get on that. How about coffee or tea? Oh, no. I So I love coffee. I love coffee more than a human should love coffee because it gets me through life. Um, but I've recently come around on the tea bandwagon, <sighs> and I have a whole bunch of friends who are super into tea. I think it's called the um, tea bag wagon, actually. Oh, nice. I see what, you're see what I did see, there. Yep. Who uses bags when you have those sweet little... Uh, thingies? Yeah, little thingies. Tea eggs? Tea eggs, tea thingies. I have a T-Rex that you can put in there. I'm not going to ever do that, though, because why would I hurt him? Um, <laughs> Sorry, it's a, it's a Tyrannosaurus Rex you fill with loose tea? Yeah, and then he like soaks in there. I've seen a Death Star. You can get one that's a Death oh, Star. You can get them in, like, tea people are tea people. <laughs> the tea people. And I love that about them. And um, I have a friend who works at a David's Tea location here. She runs the West Side location. Um, I have other friends who just 
I, I, my friend Catherine Zabo, who is a longtime supporter and listener to the Unknown Studio. Yes, one of our um, one of our longest and and I would most supportiest, yeah. and also just like the one of the like most lovely human beings I know. Um, she is obsessed with tea, and she has an entire tea cupboard. And so when I go to her house, she opens it, and we pull out a bunch of tea, and she um, goes through all of them, weighs the pros and cons, and she's actually doing a, um, a tea review on Instagram, which I think is fantastic because then I can follow along and see what she thinks about different teas because it's serious. It's they're like, I don't really like, um, fruity teas. I don't really want anything that's too subtle because if I want just subtle. I'll just drink hot water. I don't need it to be that subtle. Um, but I also I'll just don't have like, a cup of hot water. I don't also don't like when there's so many flavors in there. Cause I, I don't understand it, but, um, yeah, I'm definitely coming around to tea. I think there's a lot of really, really good flavors out there. I think the answer to that question was mostly tea. I think it's mostly both, actually. Okay. Because I've met, I've never met a cup of coffee that I really don't like. Fair enough. Fair enough. What about your favorite holiday? I think Halloween. Halloween's definitely. I I love the way people get so passionate about it. Um, if you don't like Halloween, nobody's like, ugh, you don't like Halloween. I can't believe you. Like people are pretty respectful about like if you don't like Halloween. You have a few people who are judgy if you still want to dress up if you're an adult. Um, but I have like amazing friends who get super into Halloween and I, I love it. I love it so much. Halloween. Also, you get to come up with really, really fun relationship um, things. Like, you know, people write like slash fiction or different like weird fanfics. When you see like Woody from Toy Story making out with like Robin from Batman and Robin, <laughs> like it's amazing. I'm like, that, I never thought that would work, but it does. <laughs> and, anyway, that's what I really like about Halloween is like weird it's a, pairings. It's a special. It's a special time in people's lives. I'm also really big. Like, I like, I don't like gore, but I like like horror and like fear stuff. And so Halloween obviously plays really into that. And there's all these cute bats and witches <laughs> and I love it. Right on. So Halloween, what about uh, favorite sport either to watch or play? It's up to you. She's shrugging. I mean, I'm not really a sport person. Um, I will say that the Grey Cup champion Edmonton Eskimos, uh, some of them helped out the Santa's Depot yesterday, and they were really nice. And so I guess them. Right now, Just football. By right default, now, football. those guys, because they were nice, and I talked to them yesterday. What about your favorite pastime? My favorite pastime is people. That's a weird that answer. But a correct answer. Yeah. I, I like people. I like meeting new people. I like talking to people. I like catching up with friends. I like going out for dinner. I, I like people. I like being with people. They're cool. Right on. Brittany is one of the last true socialites. It seems that way. Yeah. Except for I don't make any money for being a socialite, which is very disappointing. That is, well, who knows? That might change. If anyone would like to sponsor my socialite lifestyle, <laughs> I would greatly appreciate that. You can only ever go to one restaurant for the rest of your life to be this socialite. I hope it's not Applebee's. It's not Applebee's. <laughs> so long as it's not Applebee's. That was random. <laughs> Why would it be Applebee's? There's... I hate Applebee's. I don't understand Applebee's. Yeah, I don't really either. Okay, what, what about a uh, show that you like to binge watch on Netflix or that you're into right now on Netflix? You, you have name-dropped Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. a few times. Well, so I, I, I like it, even though everyone I know is like, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. is garbage. Agents that's of S.H.I.E.L.D. True. got really good after the it, first it season. Did. Okay, that's awesome. I have really enjoyed what I've seen of it. Obviously, I only get to see it when I'm at your house. Um, I really enjoy... Okay, so I, I just watched Jessica Jones. I really enjoyed that. There were some flaws, but it was pretty good. Okay. Um, what else did I just watch? I really liked. You know, I'm, I haven't caught... Oh, I love Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I have to say. That I is really, a very funny I show. I really enjoy Brooklyn Nine-Nine. I haven't caught up on the new season. I'm waiting for it to be on Netflix. Um, Master of None by Aziz. 
so good. Um, I'm going to rewatch it like 18,000 times. Really? Yeah, I really, really, really enjoyed it. I think um, the parents episode is phenomenal. I love that his parents are in it. Um, I super, super enjoyed his book, Modern Romance, that came out this year as well. And if you have a chance, listen to it as an audiobook because Aziz reads it to you. And I love... I just love his voice. So Aziz could read anything to me. I'd be happy. Um, just reading The Hobbit. But one thing I really, really. Oh, no. Oh, no. It's an elf. But you know what I like about him is he would sidebar all the time. He'd be like, oh, no. What's Frodo going to do now? <laughs> and then he'd continue reading it. And I that I love it because I think that's how I speak as well. So I can really relate to Actually, yeah. That. Now that you kind say of, that. Um, so I really enjoyed him. Um, but what I really enjoyed about listening to the audiobook of his book is that he has charts in there and postcards and things. And he'll chastise you for not having the book because he's like, well, I'm not really sure how you're supposed to see this. I guess Google it. <laughs> and it, it just, I died. It was so great. Uh, and then for more current television, um, I've only seen the first five episodes, but Quantico surprised me and I was really enjoying it hmm. because there's really, really interesting character it, development. It's about the CIA? It's about uh, FBI. FBI, sorry. So it basically um, follows a group that have just joined Quantico. You've seen it, I'm hoping? No. Maybe? Okay, no, darn. Um, it follows a group um, that is just starting Quantico in their training, but everyone has a secret. Of course. And then at the same time, you're seeing that in the future, there's been a bombing, and it was somebody who was in that class. <laughs> was it the main character? I don't know. Um, so it's a little bit... Good. Campy, but I love it. I like it so much. I think there's... Um, a lot of really, really solid character development. And I hate most people who do flashes. Like, I hate flashbacks, flash forward. The show Arrow, I really enjoy the show Arrow for the most part. But, God, get off that damn island. I don't care about what happened to your past anymore. I'm done with this. Um, so, anyway, I just I, flashbacks usually ruin things for me. Really? But Quantico, I think, does it really well in a way that I don't hate. And so, Fair enough. Yeah. Cool. That's a lot of shows for you, dear listener, to, to check out this Christmas break. Yeah, sorry, guys. It's okay. It's never short. How about your favorite movie? Like the, right now. You're the worst human. And we, we touched on this earlier in the episode as yeah. well with your top five of the year. Yeah, I think – so that's hard. Like I can't, I can't just do favorite movie because there's so many movies that are so great for different reasons and so many different categories because, I mean, like Winter Soldier, I think it's such a good job. How about this? Because I'm always curious about this. You're at home sick, can't go to work, can't really do anything, can barely keep it down. What you want to do is lay on the couch and watch a movie that you find uplifting or comforting or whatever. What is the movie that you would pick? Wow. Um, okay, so if I'm having like a really, really rough go of it and I just want to like not move for hours, I'll actually throw on the five-hour Pride and Prejudice. Like, <laughs> um, Colin Firth and Jennifer L. Because I'll just like lie there and be like, you keep doing your thing, Mr. Darcy. Let's hang out. Um, <laughs> So it's not so much a movie as it is a mini-series. It's, I guess so, but it's like all five hours. You just watch all at once. Um, I, I also really enjoy, there's a movie called The Decoy Bride on Netflix with David Tennant, and I think that's quite fun, and I've watched that probably more times than I should. Um, and actually, the first Avengers movie. The very I, first one. I've seen that a stupid amount of times because I just like put that on and um, go. But I don't, I don't know if I would say it's my favorite. I just, I enjoy watching it. No, that's cool. What about, I, I'm curious cause I don't know if I've ever asked you the question, the comfort movie question that you, you're sick at home. You want to put something on that's familiar and comforting. 
What is it? Well, I would go to television and I'd probably put on Brooklyn Nine Nine on would you? on Netflix. Yeah, it's such um, a good. It's so good. I I've seen it all and it's still funny to me. But at the same time, if I wanted to like nap through a couple episodes, I wouldn't really be missing anything. Um, I know that Anita, her go-to movies are like colorful Pixar movies. Oh, so yeah. she'd put in like. Uh, Bugs Life or Wreck-It Ralph, which I know is not Pixar technically, yeah. but it's a big colorful movie, the Lego movie. That kind of of movie is the kind of thing that she'll go to. Something that'll make yeah. her laugh. I could see it because I would also put in like a Thumbelina or something. Yeah. yeah. Anastasia, which I think both are on Netflix. So. Good to know. Now, what about a favorite video game? You talked about Mass Effect earlier. I, Mass Effect, hands down, is my favorite trilogy. I have not finished it. But you love it. But I love it. I love it so intent, like so much. I love the character development. I love being able to design my character. I mean, we all design the same redheaded um, Shepard anyway, because she's amazing. Um, I appreciate the fact that everyone loves Mark Mir, and Mark Mir is probably an amazing guy, but every time they're like, Mark Mir, the Shepard from that, I'm like, who? Who's that guy? Because <laughs> you're always going to play a female character. Always. Um, uh, are you excited that there is going to be more Mass Effect video games? You cannot even Even imagine. though it's not with Shepard, but... Like it'll be a different stuff, yeah. different stream yeah. of... In uh, the same IP, but with a different story. Cool. Listen, I want to romance every alien, so you guys got to get on that, um, because Krogans. Why could I not rom- romance a Krogan? The entire first Mass Effect, <laughs> Shepard and Rex had this amazing romantic tension. It was intense. If- if Rex, Brittany had a movie, it would be called Romancing the Krogan. I would. I would. It would be so great. <laughs> um, because literally, like, Garrison's stupid kitty face was there, and Rex was always mm. making jokes, and it was really awkward, and Garrison was obviously getting super jealous. And then at the end of the day, I had to sleep with, like, a human because I couldn't romance Rex. I didn't want kitty face. Well, there you, you go. Could, you could romance Tally and Garrus in the, in the later ones. Well, you could romance Garrus the entire way through because he's supposed to be, like, the alien that you romance. Oh. But no. I wanted a Krogan. I don't want kitty face. And for those of you keeping track, the answer to the last question was Mass Effect. Mass Effect, please. Um, if I had to go, if I could go just horror for a second, I would say probably um, Outlast, Outlast whistle- Whistleblower more specifically. And I also think that Alien Isolation was an amazing, amazing game. Really? But stupid difficult. Mm. And actually, I just learned, uh, Lowell texted me yesterday saying that they originally wanted it so the alien could actually rip doors off the lockers if they thought you were hiding in there, which would have, I would have probably just like cried. Um, yeah, that would have been, in the dark it would have been impossible. So it would have been, it Horrific. was already so impossible. Like I think only 15% of people finish the game because it's so hard. Um, but yeah, it was amazing. I really liked it. It's so scary. If you could have one superpower, what would it be? Instant teleportation. Boom. That was an easy one. Most everybody yeah. over the history of this show has answered with some sort of travel power. Yeah. I think the moral of the story is people just want to get around faster. If it's not teleportation, it's flying. Yeah. yeah. Flight was a very common one. Yeah. yeah. Invisibility we had a little bit. A little bit. I think it's too creepy. Yeah, it could be creepy. I think mine would, would still just be, um, I, I would want to never get tired. I think that's what I would want my superpower to be. I don't want to sleep. I want to be able to work as much or as little as I want. I just don't want to be tired. But sleeping is amazing. I hate sleeping. Well, you would have amazing like, nightmares and sweet dreams. Like. Sweet dreams. Okay, what about Star Wars or Star Trek? Now, you know the answer that I prefer, but you have to be honest. Okay, so, um, notoriously, don't care either way. Uh, <laughs> because 
I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. A Star Wars. Um, but I saw that Star Wars movie last night. It was really good. So I might be leaning a little bit more that way. Um, I'm pretty excited about Star Trek Beyond, though, because it, it's made, like, the director is the Fast and Furious guy, and I trust him. But the trailer just looks like it's people jumping in space, and I don't really Fun care about fact. jumping in space. Yeah. Uh, both the director and Simon Pegg have gone on record saying that they thought that trailer was garbage and Ooh. did not give up a, a fair portrayal of the film that they had made. Let's it hope that garbage. that's true. Um, I've only seen one episode of Star Trek, The Next Generation. Uh. It was with Scott Bourgeois. It involved a child and an old lady in a mud bath of some sort. It was really creepy. Oh, it's the one where Alexander uh, hangs out with Roxana Troy. Adam knows immediately what I'm saying. Of course. I did not care for it. And I was like, this is creepy. This is not my jam. And then at the end, Worf's in it, and he goes, so you just sit here? Yeah, basically. Yeah. Yeah, actually, yeah. That... That's like it. Yeah, it's not so, a great episode. It's not a that, well, that wouldn't be the one that I would use to introduce. And I'm not I'm not accusing you of anything. No, I think I, I'm like, sure that Brittany came over for something, and I had just been like <laughs> had it on in the background on Netflix, and that was the episode she happened to yeah, come. Yeah, that in was 100 percent what happened. Okay, I was coming over. I think we were gonna play like Dungeons and Dragons or something. And Scott was like, oh, well, I'm just watching this. So I'm going to finish it. And I was like, oh, Star Trek. And then I watched the episode. I was like, yep, definitely, ugh, Star Trek. So I would give it another chance. Because I did enjoy the first movie. That's the, good to hear. New movie. Yeah, the 2009 movie. The second movie was garbage. It was terrible. It was bad enough that they're ignoring it for the third movie. Yeah. Just pretending it didn't happen. Good, good. We all should do that. Now, we're on to the two wild card questions, which are tailor-made for you. Oh, no. First one, what is your social media platform of choice these days? Because you are on Snapchat a lot. I am on Snapchat a lot, but I Snapchat Snapchat is like a garbage account. So, and I know that it's just like for fun, and it's not. I don't take it very seriously. But that's what all social media um, is, isn't it? No, I take mm, other things okay. more seriously. I think my choice, my my social of choice would probably still be Twitter, but I really love Instagram. I think Instagram's amazing. I just have been very terrible at lately because my phone is dying. So fair enough. Now the last ever Fast Fifteen question. So much pressure. The last wild card question for you. Uh, Who is my favorite unknown studio guest? Me. Very, maybe. Maybe it's oh. close to that. But oh, really? What I, what I really want to know is uh, past or present, what is the best podcast in Edmonton? Oh, I hate you. Um, I had to ask. Okay. Well, I'm going to first say my favorite podcast right now uh, is not from Edmonton. And I'm sorry, everyone. Ooh. Uh, it's actually one that's hosted by two ladies out of Chicago who actually work for Cards Against Humanity, which I am not a fan of, but they're cool. Um, I'll make you a Cards Against Humanity fan in just a moment. Disagree. Um, except unless you're talking about the Black Friday thing. Or Even better. Because I really enjoyed that. Uh, but these two women, their names are Jen and Trin. Jen has two N's. Uh, Trin has one. Um, and they host a podcast called Friendshipping. And it's all about... <laughs> solving problems with friendship and they talk about issues that people have in their lives so i'm going on a vacation with a friend i'm an introvert how do i handle this or i'm on the vacation and my friend's an introvert how do i handle this interesting um or uh my friend has a really shitty dog and the dog is super uh out of control and i hate it and how do i explain this to my friend without them and they give really good advice and they give they give great advice and sometimes the advice is stuff that i would not normally care about their episodes are usually fairly short. Um, but the way they deliver it, it's literally like sitting around a table with two friends and having them just talk about friendship things. And it's really, it's really fun. I really quite like them. 
And if there's one thing we should be very aware of at this point, it's that Brittany really likes friends. It's it's her I, thing. I just like the dynamics between people, whether it's friendship, whether it's enemies, whether it's lovers, whatever. I think, um, I think it's really it's really interesting. It's interesting to see how people react to some situations in different ways. Sure. Um, anyway, if I was going more local, um, I would probably cop out because I would probably say I like Karen Unlin's scene and heard in Edmonton because really? she focuses so much on uh, what's happening locally for podcasts and for uh, blogs and different accounts like that. And I think it's really, really interesting. Second favorite? Okay. So second and third. (laughs) Second favorite is uh, Robin Wilson's um, The One Podcast. That is a good podcast. So, so, so great because she interviews um, couples. You and Rachel were just recently on it, and I loved it. I loved it so much. And it, she interviews people I know and people I don't know, and they talk about their relationships, which also I like relationship things. Um, and she's not afraid to shy away from like really, really interesting and probing questions. And there are some topics like in your episode that you guys touched on that I was surprised to hear about and surprised to <laughs> hear you guys talking so openly about. Me too. She's she's so good at interviewing that she just sort of disarms you. She's so great at it. Uh, and then third is the expats because I love hearing oh. about people who live around the world. It's Adam's other podcast, so I'm not trying to suck up. It actually is just something I very much enjoy. But fourth would be the unknown studio, right? Like maybe like 30th, 38th. What the fuck? I mean, we have fallen so far, my I, friend. I may, I'm never going to listen to another episode of this after I'm done being on it today, so... That's fair. I mean, even if we were continuing on, I think that would be your position. Yeah. yeah. No, I do. I have to say, <laughs> just kidding. I am kidding, but I do. I do really, really love what you guys have done here, and I love the Unknown Studio. Not just because you continuously have me on as a guest, <laughs> which I don't understand why, and then you shower me with gifts, which the gift of your presence is enough. Aww. Um, but I enjoy the way that you guys have like shone shine a light on some really, really interesting people, some cool things that they're doing. Um, some really fun uh, things that happen around the city. And I don't know, I really like that. And I think you guys have done an amazing job. And because people on the internet can't really say it to you on the podcast, I will say it. Thank you for doing this because it has been amazing. I feel that we blazed a trail. Yeah. A little bit. Yeah. yeah. We, were, we were one of the first, we were one of the pioneers of the Edmonton-focused Edmonton podcast. <laughs> yes. Because people... People weren't really talking about Edmonton a lot. And I think that we maybe helped people start to realize that there's a lot of good stuff going on in the city. And now we have blazed that trail. Yeah. And others have followed in our footsteps and have uh, gone on to success much greater than anything we could aspire to. It's true. It's true. And that's why it's time, at least for now, to uh, hang our hats and turn out the lights in this abandoned oiled rig. And uh, let someone else take over. Yeah, it's true. And so I think that's I think that's the the podcast equivalent of a mic drop, right there. Yeah. Brittany, thank you for being on the show. Thank you for having me, time and time again. <laughs> You're very and, welcome uh, for all my gifts. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas to you, listeners, and Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. Oh wait, God bless us, everyone. Our next episode will be out never, and thank you for tuning in. But uh, tune in to Brittany LeBlanc's standout studio. Which will probably actually happen. No, won't. No. You've been listening to The Unknown Studio, episode 125. 
Our guest, Brittany LeBlanc. Pre-production by Adam Rosenhart. Post-production by Scott C. Bourgeois. You can visit us on the web at theunknownstudio.ca. Thanks for listening.